everybody. Welcome to Frame Trap. Today I'm joined by some wonderful friends. Michael Huber Hello. at the end there. Bradley Ellis in the middle. Hi. And I'm going to be hosting you through this. I'm Ben Moore. Uh, fun fact for you audio listeners, both Bradley Ellis and Michael P. Huber have a Red Bull. Mm -hmm. uh, which means that they just got done streaming Shenmue 3, yeah. are probably pretty tired, yeah. and are ready to talk about some video games. That's yes. right. Huber, there's a lot. I want to open up the the banter with you, because there's a lot going on in your life right now. Uh, one of those things is called Shenmue 3. One of those, those things is called The Last of Us 2. And I want to focus on The Last of Us 2, because that is a game that you were talking about before the show, <laughs> and you were talking about it like kind of... Longingly, I guess. Yeah. Uh, has it been hard getting it out of your mind? Yeah. I, yeah. Why don't you tell them what you told me earlier? A lot of things about it. What you were doing? Oh, at night. last night. Yeah, I was up for. I was in bed, lying awake for three hours in bed. I couldn't fall asleep. Thinking, Just because of the game. Because I was thinking about Last of Us Part Two and Shenmue Three, of course, because we were going to play the demo today, which we did. Right. But for three hours, my mind was just racing dude like i cannot get it out of my mind it's out of control <laughs> do you ever do you ever have um any doubt like you hold the last of us one in really high regard because it's a great game one of the greats it is officially one of the greats yeah <laughs> but uh do you ever wonder if that your your excitement is coming from that first game if it's influencing your opinion at all if if just because of the way you know i think when something holds that much space in your mind for so long it maybe can create a little bit of doubt where you just have that voice in the back of your head that's like where is this coming from yeah uh i have no doubts because my and i love franchises and sequels so much as as everyone knows it's i just love nothing more than when people you trust or love or working on something that you love you know yeah. it's just like i don't know what's a good example like uh you know like like shinji mikami coming back to resident evil 4 or something it's just like here's this franchise that i love here's this person that i love and trust so much it's like how can you not be excited you know right and like everything they've said about the last of us of like you know, we want to honor these characters. We would only do this if we have a story to tell, if mm -hmm. we do it right. Like, so there's one level of excitement for, like, the game, just the game. And then there's also a level of excitement because it's like, yeah, Naughty Dog, I love you guys. You're working on another game. Like, right. But when that perfect storm comes together, you know, mm -hmm. there's really nothing better than that for me personally. I love when that happens. Yeah, I I think that is a really interesting point that you bring up, Huber, and it's one of the best things about interviews, I guess, when you get to talk to somebody and it's like, mm -hmm. man, this guy, like, I, I feel it. What Everything yeah. that they're saying, yeah. I feel in the game. Uh, and I the, the re reason I bring that up is I remember doing the spoiler mode with Corey and, yeah. and God of War <gasps> and just getting the sense that, like, I don't know. There was no bullshit. He just yeah. really mm -hmm. loved the game and really yeah. put all of his his heart and soul and effort into totally. into that game. And I think he was the person that I had in mind yeah. um, when thinking about that. And there's so many people that are like that. And I, I get what you mean exactly. Where it's, I think it is. It the gaming industry is an easy industry to be cynical about. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of. Um, profit in that there's a lot of profit in in outrage and being mad at something all the time and, and getting in a fervor about it 
But I think the best moments come when those creators come through and yes. they, they shine mm-hmm. through and it's like, I really love this. Let me show you why this is amazing. Totally. And they, they just, all of that stuff washes away and you get to see something yeah. great. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, that was a really good point. Now we just got to wait. Five months. We just got five months. Five months. <laughs> yeah, got a lot in between that five months. Brad keeps reminding me. He's yeah. like, "Calm down, dude. Yeah, he's losing we got it. Death Stranding. You're fine. Yeah, you got, you got Shenmue three. You got Shenmue freaking three. Just like, chill out, dude. Yeah. Uh, speaking <laughs> of Shenmue three, does it feel real now that you've you've played the demo? Still no. Still no. Still no. It's just it doesn't feel real. I think when I beat the game, I'll be like. It doesn't feel real. It's just this, like, back to the future vibe of, like, they came into the future and were like, here you, here you go. Mm-hmm, <laughs> you right. know? Mm-hmm. It's just, it feels so strange on so many levels in, 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 the, in the best way, though. It feels nostalgic. It feels surreal. Mm-hmm. It feels exciting. It feels scary, you know? Yeah, it's... It's a lot. It's a lot. It's interesting with, like, Fantasy Star Online 2 because... I, I really didn't I, like you reach a point where like okay this isn't gonna happen and you just move on with your life yeah um, and then it they they announced that it's gonna happen it's like okay wait all right I gotta like figure out a way to like make time for this thing that I didn't think was going to exist a few months ago <laughs> uh, and it's just that that moment where I think where it enters your life and yeah. you you kind of work around it is always mm-hmm. interesting um, but. We have a pretty stacked lineup of games for Frame Trap. Stack it. A lot of stuff to talk stacked. about. This is a hardcore Frame Trap. Get ready. Strap in. The games on display in this Frame Trap to me are hardcore honey, <laughs> Japanese. They're, honey, they're all hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> they're all hardcore. <laughs> it's just like the lineup. I was like, whoa. These are all like kind of similar, similar tone, similar vibes. I don't know. I I feel like the vibes are kind of all over the place with some of these games. Oh, we're going to see. We're going to see. Yeah, I do think the vibes are kind of all over the place. And it's it's tough for me to know which one to start with. Mm -hmm. Because I I, I have a sense of, like, this one's going to be this kind of vibe, this one's going to be that Mm -hmm. kind of vibe, and so I don't know know where we want to start. You're the chef Yeah, Yeah, let's start with Link's Awakening, I think. Nice. Baby. Um, A lot of people are playing Link's Awakening. Mm -hmm. Except me. Except you, why aren't you playing Link's Awakening? That's, we'll get there. That came across the wrong yeah. way. No, no, no. We What's have, wrong with you, yeah. dude? Yeah. Uh, I've been waiting for a day off in the daytime. I want to start my Link's Awakening playthrough when the sun is shining <laughs> in the day, when mm-hmm. I have no obligations. I, I feel Beth you. Beth is at work. Like, like yes. Like, a, a member of an ancient civilization <laughs> that, like... Follows the stars and the moon, and you're like, okay, <laughs> now it is time to no. play Resident mm-hmm. Evil. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. yeah, that's it's kind of what it is do. like, yeah. And then, and then, like, you're like, you you make a sacrifice, <laughs> and that's how you get your all of your dream games to happen. Yeah, yeah, that's that's how it happening. Um, Link's Awakening. So, Brad, you're a big Zelda fan. Yeah, I'm a big Zelda fan. Uh, how do you feel about the Link's Awakening remake? Like, overall as a remake or just as a game, period? Great question. So, I think Link's Awakening is a very great game. Excellent game. The remake, I feel like, is good. And it does a lot of things that I had problems with in the first game, which was mainly the mapping of uh, items to use and stuff like that. They streamline a lot of that because there's more buttons, obviously. And that's usually my biggest complaint with the original game. 
but I'm having a really good time. I love the way the game looks. I know the art style's not for everyone, but I really dig the vibe of it. Yeah. The only thing that does annoy me is the frame rate of it. Hmm. And it is very noticeable for me. I know, I've seen people like, it's not noticeable for them, but you do get used to it, but for me, it's very jarring all the time, and I notice it a lot. But otherwise, like, I think it's a really great remake. Some things, like, with remakes, it's hard, because sometimes I want them to, like, add a little more sometimes, if it's a remake. This game adds some, mainly the the dungeon design things, which I think is kind of... How is that? Kind of lackluster, I would say. Okay. It's very basic and not... I, I wish there was more from it. Got it. I think the concept is really cool. Do you think they can patch in more stuff for that mode, or is that kind of, this is this is it, here's uh, here's the mode? And that's... I feel like that's just going to be it. Got it. I don't see them patching in more. Like, the most you'll get from that is, like, amiibo support, which there is. Got it. But I was kind of hoping a little more from that. But it's kind of in line when I expected it to be, which yeah. is not necessarily a bad thing. It's, but it's it didn't extremely surprise me. faithful yes. in, in many yes. ways. Um, yeah, I... Brett, I agree with a lot of that. Uh, I think I the where I fall in the frame rate is it's definitely there and it is definitely noticeable. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm in the camp of like kind of gotten over it. Like it's not it's not For a sure. huge detraction yeah. on my experience. Uh, I do think it's worth pointing out. Yeah, it's not gonna like it doesn't ruin the game by any means yeah, or anything like that. But it's something I notice. Yep, yep and yep. it is like a little jarring, but it's not gonna like affect you playing it necessarily. It is it is interesting though because um, Link's Awakening was the first Zelda game that I ever played. Yeah, and that is uh, interesting. Yeah, I, for, I always forget you said that to me. Yeah, and I, I was playing. I played it on Game Boy Pocket, the original Link's Awakening. Not, <laughs> game not, Boy Pocket, yeah, not yeah. DX. I did oh, eventually yeah. when I got a Game Boy Color. I did mm-hmm. get DX and all that stuff. But it's always been a game that has held special a special place yeah. in my heart. Um, just the world, the coziness of it, and it is interesting playing the remake. Mm-hmm. Because so much of what was good in the original Link's Awakening is still there. Mm-hmm. There are still some very surprising... They're, they're, like, really small. They're not that long, but, like, surprisingly tender story moments. Mm-hmm. I, I think of, like, Link talking to Marin yeah. on the beach uh, is a good one. However, it is interesting when you take this Game Boy game and you make it look really, really good and you give it all these new graphics... Things, I think, stand out more to me than they would if I was staring at, at, a handheld? at a handheld game. Sure. And what I mean by that is kind of the way progression works in Link's Awakening, mm-hmm. where it's a lot of, okay, you need to go to a dungeon, you need to unlock this, you need to trade this, this, this person needs this item, mm-hmm. then you get this item, now you need to trade it. It's, it's, there's a lot of gates um, that... Like early WoW quests. Well, it's like, I don't know. I guess the way to describe it is is it, there are so many layers of like, okay, I need to give this thing to this person and this person gives me this thing. And then like sometimes it's just like I, I get it and I wish there was more going on here. Like I'm okay with this getting of items mm-hmm. and moving on kind of thing, mm-hmm. but – it, sometimes it's just so simple. Like, oh, I, I like this thing. Give it to me. Got and it. And you're, you're just like, we could make this a little bit more interesting, or it could be, I guess, a little bit more than just a handing off of items. Yeah, it's uh, so I keep hearing that it's like pretty one-for-one one with the original. It is. Is, mm-hmm. the, is the dialogue word-for-word? Word? 
Like, is the script? I can't remember. It seems the very same, familiar. That's a, that's, very that's hard a kind question, of question yeah. where I have to put them side for by sure. side. But I wonder, but, yeah. If yeah. It's just... I th- it seems like, because I beat the original one or the DX one again this year. So it seems like pretty in line from what I remember. Wow. wow. Very, very interesting. But yeah, I know what you mean. It's like, so it, the game's very straightforward, I guess, in a lot of that sense. It's yeah. not very complex, which makes sense, I guess, because it's a handheld game. Right. Like, it's, as I'm playing this game, I'm like, oh yeah, this is a handheld game originally. Like, right. this is why it feels very, like, small. The world is very cut off at the beginning. Like, you don't have this grand sense of, like, exploration right off the bat, I guess, I feel like. Right. And I think that's that's kind of exactly it, where in the Game Boy game, when you're transitioning in screens, I think it the, the limitations of that system make you feel like the world is a little bit bigger. Mm. But when everything is a lot more seamless here, I mean, you still transition when you're going into buildings yeah. and stuff. But when everything is a lot more seamless here, uh, I think it's more noticeable. Like all of the gates, where you're like, okay, well, I'm clearly going to need that thing. Like mm-hmm. you can you can see all the barriers. I think a little bit more explicitly. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, even in something like Ocarina of Time, I think the 3D nature of that game. It's like I'm going into this huge area. I'm going into like this town, and it's it's like. I, it's not like I go one screen over and then suddenly I'm in another thing. And I think I just think the nature of it being a 3D world gives it a little bit more of a sense of scale. However, to Link's Awakening's credit, what I do have to say, for as small and compact as it is, there is a they they go to pretty great lengths to try to have you discover stuff. Mm-hmm. There are plenty of characters that you will interact with or things that you'll find or like just a bush that you'll hit and it'll take you into a cave or something like that. Like there there are a lot of secrets to find in the world. Mm-hmm. And so I think it kind of speaks to the original design of the game, the limitations that they had, how much they were able to pack yeah, into it. Yeah, how good a job they did. Yeah. Um, I will say, though, that, like, the color dungeon is, like, a really interesting yeah. uh, example of, yeah. of kind of what we're talking about, where, like, the color dungeon on the DX version of the game, it was, was like... added in for the DX because yes. of color? Very, very, very cool. And it's, like, a lot of a lot of everything <laughs> that's using is just, color like, wow, gimmicks. look at the yeah. colors, like... Throw the red ball in the red hole and throw mm-hmm. the blue ball in the blue hole. Yeah, and it's mind like, blowing back then. Right at the at the time, you're like, man, we just couldn't do this on this older version of this game in mm-hmm. the same degree. Whereas now you're like, yeah, we've been using the same degree of color this yeah. whole time. Yeah, and so it's just not not as impressive or, or striking. Um, it's still fun and it's still kind of endearing in its own way. But yeah, I'm I'm almost left wondering, like I'm. <laughs> It's hard because the things that I'm bringing up, I don't want to sound like I'm just writing in the game because I think even if you've never oh, yeah, played it, no, yeah, yeah. there's still a lot here. There, there are a lot of, of good qualities to mm-hmm. to talk about Link's Awakening for and to, to bring it to bring up. And I think it's absolutely worth playing. Um, I even I even think it's worth sixty dollars. Yes, uh, to to play this remake. But I guess the perspective that I'm coming from. Is like, do you ever have a game where pretty much in your mind you've never really had any criticisms of it and it's just like been such a meaningful part of your life for so mm, long? The original Resident yeah. Evil 2 I to see. me is flawless. Right. That's, that's kind of how I'm feeling about Link's Awakening where it's just like due to this new context, due to this new format, I'm like, oh, okay, evaluating it now, like there are some things that I'm bringing up that I'm like, oh, maybe this could be different or this could be mm-hmm. a little bit better. And so it's kind of taking it out of that 
pool of nostalgia yeah. and like showing it in the light as, oh, as like, harshly mm-hmm. as possible. I get that. Yeah. And it's it's good. I think it's good to do that. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I think the strengths of that game is like its vibe. And Absolutely. like the weird things it does, kind of that help. I think that really helps strengthen the overall thing. I think they did a great job of bringing the Zelda formula into a handheld and like mm-hmm. making the world still feel vast, I guess, for a handheld and like a sense of exploration. All that's great, the dungeons. But I think is like when I think back on that game, it's remembering is like the weird creatures in that game, right? The NPCs you meet, like the Bow Wow and all this stuff. Like that's yeah. that's a big part of the identity for me of that game. Right, 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 right. Yeah, and I think going in for the first time, that's kind of the advantage that you yes. have. Um, I mean, we're talking about it here, mm-hmm. but yeah, I think I think just encountering the bow wow and then like the the process that you go to and the surprises that are in yeah. store. There are there yeah. are a lot of little yeah. surprises, and when you don't, I think when you don't have that as much, when you don't have when you when you're familiar with the vibe, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. it doesn't. This whole go ahead. This whole. Thing hearing your guy, you talk about it, mm-hmm. and Bossman, and and even Damiani and everyone, it mm-hmm. really seems like this is a remake for people who have not played the game. That's just the vibe I get. Like it's mm-hmm. awesome for you guys to revisit it and stuff. Yeah, but, you know, everyone the the consensus is is like, oh man, like it's cool if you don't know what the story is. Like it's cool to go in for the first time. Whereas because it's a one-for-one one remake, it just kind of feels like you're replaying it, maybe? I guess, like, the studio that did this, I always forget their name, but I believe they did oh, the it, Ocarina oh, of Time. I and Did they do Majora's Mask, too? Yeah, yeah, I will. I will. Like, just with, like, tiny tweaks, I mm-hmm. think there's still value in, like, having this game. It begins with a G. I'm really happy this game exists, yeah. and it's awesome just being able to play it on my TV, which, like... I did on Super Game Boy back in the day, but like nice. now on this, it's like it's awesome. But yeah, it is. It's a rewarding thing for me. I'm just happy that people are getting to play it who yeah. never did, never played it. But oh I, yeah. yeah, that's a great that's but a like, great position to be in, Grezzo. That's yeah. What it is. Like I don't want to say like it does like maybe seem like me and Ben are being a little too harsh on it, and I absolutely love this game and it's great, mm-hmm. right? But there's just some things that I think. Could be a little better. That's yeah. it. Because nothing's really surprising you guys. I well, feel that like. could be it. Because, yeah, this is not our right. first time with yeah. this game. And and to be perfectly clear, I'm a, so I'm in the eighth dungeon right now. I am, like, knocking on the door at yeah. the end of the game. Yeah. Uh, I have not messed around with the created dungeon stuff at all. Mm. So that could, that could change my perspective a lot. But I, I think what I'm walking away from is, I think going into this, I was like, yeah, man, Lisa Awakening is such a good game that... Doing a one-to-one remake would be fun. Like, that game totally stands on its own. And it, and it does. It stands mm-hmm. on its own. But I think I'm walking away with from this being like, I wish maybe they would have gone for a little bit more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wish, I don't know what form that would take. Maybe it would take an entirely new dungeon or just maybe changing the structure of the game a bit or something mm-hmm. like that. And What we, about a radical change like 3D? Or like uh, behind the back. I don't know. Would I don't you know. be okay with that? We, yeah, I'd be fine with it. We talked about the Resident. We were talking about Link's Awakening on the podcast, and we talked about the Resident Evil Two remake. And I actually think it's and it's frustrating because I I think it gets a little bit too reductive when people say, "Well, everything needs to have this moment." Like a mm-hmm. lot of people are saying, "Like this franchise needs its Breath of the Wild moment," or like, "Oh, they need to follow Breath of the Wild." And it's like, okay, I think we're like painting too broad of a stroke here like not everything can be Mm -hmm. or should be breath of the wild right um but i think with link's awakening 
I, it's hard to, like, I, th- I think they could have done something else. And I think about Resident Evil 2, and I think what's so remarkable about Resident Evil 2, from my perspective, and I'd be curious to, to know how you feel, where it, it is so radically different, but it really feels like it's coming from a place of understanding. Mm-hmm. And it's coming from a place of respect. <laughs> and that understanding of respect, I, I really think, allowed it to push kind of the entire series forward. Yeah. And it it doesn't hurt the original Resident Evil 2. And so you kind of have like this best of both worlds. Yes. Yes, Ben. And I feel like if you... <laughs> yes. Like if you're playing Link's Awakening on Game Boy, you're missing quality of life stuff mm-hmm. for sure. But it's not that different. Yeah. Right. And so I don't know. I I, I wonder what maybe, maybe a more ambitious take on this could have been like. Mm-hmm. That's all. That is interesting. Yeah. I, I, but I'm happy it exists. Oh, like totally. I, I'm playing it with Abby, and we're we're having a great time. And this yeah. is kind of her first full Zelda experience. She yeah. saw some of Wind Waker. She saw some yeah. of Breath of the Wild, and she's nice. really enjoying it. But uh, it yeah, also is tough. Like the question on uh, the podcast, you know, just comparing it to Breath of the Wild. There's definitely that air of like, well, Breath of the Wild was the last one. Now we're on Link's Awakening. Yeah, so like that comparison, of course. Like for me, they're just like they're completely different games. Mm-hmm. They're not even in like they're not even trying to do the same thing or like they're just they're in different leagues, honestly. <laughs> like what they're doing. Yeah. Link's Awakening is just being like a very like faithful, like some new window dressing to the original when Breath of the Wild is like kind of like them messing with the Zelda formula altogether. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I don't that doesn't bother me at all because like Breath of the Wild 2 is coming. This is just like a cool little project. Yeah. yeah. To me, of a cool game that people really love and they're bringing it in a new way to, for people to play it. So, cool. so I'm fine with that. So cool. I but get like, to play it now. Obviously, <laughs> with remakes I love when they do new stuff. Yeah. Like I love the Shadow and Colossus remake so much. I think the game's phenomenal. But I always wish they added in like one of the cut colossi or something like that into right. it. Mhm. But yeah, like I wish there was an extra dungeon or something. Just a right. little, little something. A little extra. But it's still great. A little cherry on top. I, I think mm-hmm. a link between worlds is a really interesting <laughs> thing to bring into this conversation. Sure. Because it it follows I, I think kind of the spirit of classic Zelda, but does so many new things, uh, and, and it is its own kind of standalone, very unique adventure. And I really like that. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. I, I, it's it's hard because I feel like we're spoiled. And so every time I say this, mm-hmm. every time, even just the way that we're talking about Link's Awakening, yeah, there's something kind of gnawing at me in the back of my mind. It's like, what? You, like this is still great. Yeah, like, it's you're great. Just, you're just spoiled. You're getting so much good stuff. Mm-hmm. How could you possibly ask for more? <laughs> but uh, I do think saturation. Changes your perspective. Complete global saturation? Well, yes, kind of. <laughs> like, if you told me we were getting a remake of anything, I would kind of believe you. Yeah. That's how crazy it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Like, they're remaking The Witcher 3. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> and, and that's awesome because I, I, do, I do get the sense that a lot of people are experiencing Link's Awakening for the first time. And I think that is really valuable, and so I'm happy mm-hmm. for that. But I, I think when there are so many remakes... You are going to compare them to each other, and I think just your what you want out of them, your demand will grow a little bit. Yeah. And so I, I guess what, the reason why I bring up A Link Between Worlds is I, I, I hope maybe that can happen as well, where they're like, okay, 
you know, not everything can be a Breath of the Wild project. Not everything can be a, a total reinvention of, of how right. to do stuff. But maybe we can take a lot of that that classic feeling, that classic style, that yeah. classic layout, and just be a little playful with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, like adding Crimson Heads or Lisa Trevor in Resident Evil. You know, like mm-hmm. you're saying, you know, just a little, like all the the scenario is there. Like mm-hmm. everything is so similar to the original, but it's yeah. like, all right, we're gonna well, spice I, it up uh, a little. bit. I feel like the dungeon designer thing kind of could have been the answer to that but i think it's pretty lackluster so is it lackluster just because it's so limited or yeah let me tell you what it was like when i built one so it was rooms you've been in in previous dungeons only rooms you've been in previous dungeon you assign them in like an order so it's like i can't put certain enemies there somewhere that i want so you can only connect yes existing rooms yes like Got i haven't messed it. with it in a oh. little bit so maybe it changes a bit more but when i my initial impression was i wanted a little more from it Dang. okay because like the idea of making your own zelda dungeon yeah. especially it's not a f- total fair comparison but like mario maker where you can do so much in zelda where it's just like super limited and it feels like a neat idea they had but they didn't really do much with mm. It feels like a wasted opportunity to me, pretty much. Damn. I think part of because Brad, you you brought it up earlier, and it's a really good point, and it got me thinking. And I think uh, why why it feels especially strange with Link's Awakening is because Link's Awakening does have so much weirdness in it. Mm-hmm. It does have so much goofiness in it, and it, it doesn't feel like it's just treating Zelda like this super sacred thing that cannot be right. changed. I, I've, I, there's like kind of this like goofy spirit in the original game and so for it to be so like slavishly recreated Mm -hmm. i think like there's a little bit of conflict there there. yeah Mm -hmm. with with kind of the the spirit of those things um but talking about remakes i think there are games that could stand to be like given a new perspective i think zelda 2 is prime (laughs) yeah zelda 2 sure i think there is so much good in that game and maybe if tweaked a little bit or or presented through a different lens, I think a lot of that could be amplified. Mm-hmm. And could and Zelda two be a Souls like game? Yes, I mean sure, it could yeah. Be. Do you think that would but the fit? way we're going with Souls like though? I know, I, I, don't I know, think I know. Maybe it's I want to pump the brake. Good, okay. Souls like. Yeah, true. Yeah. yeah, true. I just I don't know why my mind went there. Zelda two seems like that. Vibe. Well, because Zelda two has like some elements that yeah. aren't in like yeah. other games. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I mean. Even this, the way that you approach enemies, mm-hmm. like, Zelda twos, like yeah. having to pay attention and, and attack them in a specific mm-hmm. way, like yeah. I, I get it for yeah. sure. All right. Well, do we have anything else that we want to say about Link's Awakening? I like Link's Awakening a lot. Yeah. It's Sounds a like you guys game. love it, but they played it a little safe. Is your kind of general consensus? Uh, maybe. Yeah, I guess. I just like a little more usually from. I don't think they play it safe with the art style at all. Because a lot of people seem pissed about it. That is just, it's people not liking cartoony styles, I feel like. You know, it goes back to Fortnite. Mm, Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Kyle Kyle doesn't like it, I know, but like he likes Wind Waker. It's just, I don't know, it's just a visual thing if it's pleasing to your eyes or not. I just feel like there are people that just don't like cartoony looks, which is totally fine, I get it. But it does seem weird because I think it looks, yeah, it looks really pretty and colorful and cool. Yeah, uh, I... I, I can't speak for Kyle, but there's yeah. something like I I get pretty pissy about Metal Gear Solid the Twin Snakes. <laughs> uh, because because Metal Gear Solid One is is like it's that that game like I, I love so many games, but that game is just it's like It's probably the most important one right, to you. Like 
Yeah, if they if they change anything, if anything sounds like slightly off, it's just like no, like yeah. just being very. And I think maybe Kyle feels that way about Link's Awakening. Sure, yeah. It's like, hey, Got like it. Th- th- you didn't need to do this way. He did say though, interestingly, that if it was the Link's Awakening in his mind, he'd pay one hundred twenty dollars for it. So yeah, just mm-hmm. get Kyle to make Link's Awakening. I know. Um, Shit. Yeah, I I I still love Link's Awakening yeah, too. I it's think great. it all comes down to expectations though. Yep. Which is something that we talked about on the last frame trap, and it's it's interesting how my perspective on Zelda games and even Mario games has has shifted because I remember at the time like the Wind Waker conversation was pretty obnoxious, <laughs> and and it felt kind of overwhelming, mm-hmm. uh, cartoony. Yeah, there it cartoony. is. People don't like cartoony, dude. It is a thing. Like people yeah. will just look at a cartoony thing and be like, "Not for me." Sure, which I get. That's fine. Right, and and with Skyward Sword, uh, there was there was a lot of pushback against that game, mm-hmm. and then I finished. I actually played through the whole thing a couple of years later, and I was like, "No, I love this." And, but I, I felt like I was able to get away from the noise a little bit, mm-hmm. yeah. and I think that's really important. And I feel like with Link's Awakening, I'm kind of getting away from my own noise, you know, mm-hmm. where like it was in kind of this like vaunted place, mm-hmm. and uh, this remake was just kind of a, a little bit of. Yeah, perspective. Yeah, I guess I replay my favorite games all the time. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. I'm just thinking about that. But I feel like Link's Awakening. Like, when's the last time you guys busted out your Game Boy to play Link's Awakening? The original. Yeah, like, when's I mean, the last I time you guys played the original? I feel like I was playing it. Well, it wasn't the original. Well, it was I played, DX. I, was I played DX it. this year. I was. It was on 3DS. Yeah. I, I think yeah, that's what I did oh. on. Yeah, it was. It was a while ago. Though. Re-released on 3DS. That's played awesome. It when I was in Hawaii, dude. <laughs> Max Vibes. Yeah, yeah. I saved it for some of it for that. That is excellent. Yeah. Let's talk about something that I think we we pretty much only have positive feelings on, at least so far. And that's River City Girls. Yes. yes. What's the opposite of a hot take? A hype take? I don't know, man. River City Girls is the best friggin' beat 'em up I've played in the cold ten take? years, a wet, dude. A wet towel. It's yeah, dude. It's the best. This the is best my favorite beat 'em up in so long. Mm. So 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 long. Like, when was Scott Pilgrim? Maybe 2013 or something. Yeah. So like it's like in that. that. It's in that. Category Realm. immediately. Here it's a really frustrating time because people will get really excited about a game mm-hmm. and they'll tell me and they'll be like, "Dude, you got to play this." And it's like, yeah. "Dude, I'm playing like four things right yeah. now. I mm-hmm. can't." Yeah. And River City Girls is kind of that way where I got to play the beginning of it and I'm like, "I love this," yes. and I know that when I keep playing it, yep. I will probably love it. Yeah. And it seems like you were just confirming that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you say it's it's one of the best beat 'em ups recently, wh- yeah. why is that? So I want to start with the presentation and the story, okay? The story is anime stuff. They're trying to rescue their boyfriends, whatever, right? Like, mm-hmm. basic premise. But the way the story is presented to me is the best possible way to bring old school beat-em-ups into the modern. You know, it added enough story. It added enough elements and character for me to get invested on that sense which is hard to do in a beat-em-up you know i'm there to just like mm-hmm. beat up and it's, and it's always so basic and every time you fight a boss there's this really sick anime intro of the boss huge big banter with the boss who are you sure it can be expository but like it gives each boss flavor there's just enough story there without it being annoying without really having to pay attention you can skip it if you want but there's enough there to just kind of keep the whole game 
glued together in a meaningful way. I wholeheartedly agree. I think that was very well said. I think it comes down to Way Forward just being pretty fucking awesome. Yes. Uh, really, at the end of the day, there's yeah. another game that we'll talk about that I think yep. exemplifies that. But I think the reason Way Forward is awesome ties back into the earlier point that you were making at the beginning of Frame Trap, mm-hmm. which is seeing passion on display. Where yeah. It's undeniable. Yeah. And I think that's what River City Girls <laughs> exhibits, yeah, where it's like, these fucking nerds just love anime. Mm-hmm. They love beat-em-ups. Yeah. They love River City Ransom. It's yep. so obvious. It's pouring out of every single thing that they do, and that's what makes it so much fun to be a part of. You yes. feel like you're you're somehow just like shaking hands with the developers being <laughs> like, man, it's cool that we get to be excited about this together. Yeah. Like, it's, it's awesome when you get a get to play a game that is just like so it's like so happy to be there yes dude yes it's really it really is it's it's pretty remarkable and I don't know it's it's respectful but it's mm-hmm. it's kind of tying into what we were saying about like uh, Link's Awakening it definitely feels like it has its own personality like yeah. it's being playful like yeah. in a lot of ways it's kind of what you would expect it to be mm-hmm. but i think it's the flourishes i think it's the presentation i think the way it's the way it's going about it yeah. that really make it exciting and make it feel new yeah uh it's in the river city universe which i admittedly don't know too much about but mm-hmm. like the boyfriends you're rescuing are like some of the main characters from mm-hmm. the franchise which is cool but so you have the story in the world like tying everything together and keeping you invested that way but then of course economy you're leveling up you're getting cash <laughs> You're buying food from shops that raise your stats. You're finding um, accessories to to kind of buff you up. You're going to the dojo to learn new moves. Like all of that is really fun to get invested in in a beat 'em up, which is traditionally like, right. you know, other than of course, like I guess there's a lot of beat 'em ups that have like progression in that sense, but it's just handled really, really well here. There's also side quests. So you can get invested in the map and kind of just like explore side rooms. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course the combat. The combat's tight, feels good. You can't like, you can't really uh, punish people when they're like knocked down. The game oh, kind of, yeah. well, you can like stomp on them, but like- The stomp's as, really good. The stomp's really good, but as soon as they get up, they have this like split right, second right, right. iframe that gets you. There, there are definitely times where you're like, I, I want to keep hitting you, or I yeah. want to punish this but thing. And it's like uh, the game's like, no, like, yes. you gotta, you gotta be somewhat mindful of mm-hmm. what you're doing. Uh, and there's like uh, the combat evolves just enough in kind of a basic way, I suppose. But like, you start out with like a two hit combo, and then a finisher. You can buy more moves. Then it becomes three hits finisher, four hits. You can kind of yeah. mix that up. Some will knock enemies back. Some will juggle them up, or. Stuff like that. The combat just feels really good to punch people. Mm-hmm. The rec- there's a recruit system that seemed tacked on. I didn't really get a lot of use out of it. I really like the idea. Of Love it. the idea, of course. In my experience with the game thus far, it hasn't been no. as you- like it's. It's one of those things where you have kind of that moment. Where you're like, oh yeah, that's there. I should yeah. use that. And like, then you're, the idea of it is so good. But yeah. yeah. And then you call people in, and they just immediately get hit. It's just like mm. not <laughs> bad part of the game. Whatever. You don't even have to use it. I can't (laughs) say if this is true for the entirety of the game, but one thing that I do really like is I love when you learn new moves and you're just like, oh, man, that just, that, that looks so cool. Or I can't believe that they did that. Like, oh, there's a dab attack in the game. Or, oh, Mm -hmm. this person's rolling around on the ground. Like, uh, 
the flashiness, I think, adds to the excitement of learning a new move. Yeah. Because you're like, okay, not only how is this useful, but I can't wait to see how it looks. Totally. And I think it's something in a beat-em-up where you're constantly pushing buttons. Yeah. You need that variety. You need that flashiness. You need something to get excited mm-hmm. about. Yeah, and uh, you start really out cool. like moving slow, kind of, and you get mm. faster as the mm-hmm. game goes on, sure. which I think is really awesome. Uh, and the music is just <laughs> amazing. Yeah. Check it's a it feel out. good time. Yeah, if you want to play more of it. Honestly, if you just want a good time and like a low commitment, the whole game is definitely less than 10 hours for sure. Did you play through the whole thing? Whole thing. Okay. So and that's, that's... when you beat it, you get something really cool. I'm not going to tell you what it is. Don't tell me. Nope. Don't look at me. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess that is the question then, because I, mm-hmm. I feel like the points of praise that I have where I'm like, wow, I really like the movesets. I really like the personality. And I think the question that always comes up with beat em ups mm-hmm. is. How does that hold through to the end of the game? Great. Okay. Yeah. Because you're just like getting stronger and you're invested in the story by then. And, yeah. And maybe like right when the combat is like, all right, I'm kind of just knocking people around, kind of right. samey. It's like, all right, I see the end though. Mm-hmm. So like it never once was a chore. It never once wore out its welcome. Okay. It's It stays just long enough to get invested and then it gets, you know, so you I get read- attached. I read Game Informer's review of it, and one of their complaints was that you just hit walls where, and I'm paraphrasing, so mm-hmm. f- so forgive me if this is not exactly right, Game Informer, totally. but uh, I believe the sentiment that they were trying to express is that you hit walls where it kind of feels like you need to grind a little bit, mm. and when we when I was playing it and when we were playing it on stream, I actually felt like I was progressing at a pretty smooth rate, and yeah. that like you're given enough openness to... Not make it feel like a slog. Yeah. Where do you fall on that? I feel like I never hit a wall because I realized that, I don't think the game really tells you, but I realized early on that when you buy a food item and you eat it for the first time, you get a permanent stat buff. Mm. So oh. I immediately went to all the shops. Got right. everything. And I just start buying, eating, 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 eating. Right. And so and you feel like as long I as felt, you were paying attention yeah. to the shop, yeah. you were able to. Just getting OP, mm-hmm. you know, and, and again, doing all the side quests. There's not a ton of side quests, but like anytime a side quest came up, I was like, hell yeah, let's mm-hmm. do it. So, yeah, just great game. Check it. If, it honestly, if you like beat em ups, if you've never even played a beat em up, dive in. <laughs> it's very anime, though. Be aware. C- cartoony. So if you don't like cartoony, <laughs> anime books, man. Anime <laughs> books. You gotta get those anime books. <laughs> that has to be one of my favorite Easy A memes. All right. Uh, let's keep the good times rolling. I got a game that I played through the entirety of it today. Whoa. And can't wait oh, to talk yeah. about. I want to play this so bad. I know yeah, you do. Yeah. yeah, you do. Yeah. So I didn't really know what to expect going in. Uh, with Sayonara Wild Hearts, oh. and that's exactly that's exactly how you should go into it. But I'm going to proceed to talk about it. Anyway, um, so I've been trying out at, uh, Apple Arcade, and I do want to talk a little bit about Apple Arcade and my experience so with it So you played so it on far. mobile. I did. But it's also on Switch and PS4, or am I wrong? I can't speak to all the platforms, unfortunately. I don't know that off the top of my head. Got it. I was coming at it from an Apple Arcade awesome. perspective because I've been trying to... Yeah use this new thing, mm-hmm. basically, and understand this new thing. Yeah. So I want to talk about my experience with Apple Arcade so far. I want to hear your experience with Apple Arcade, Ben. I, I know can get, nothing. I can get pretty cynical about mobile games. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I think that new Mario Kart game is pretty trashy <laughs> and exemplifies 
all of the worst aspects of mobile games, and I think it can get really tiring. And it gets really tiring because you realize, like, man, these motherfuckers have just been pulling the same shit for, like, years now. Where is mm-hmm. this going to end? Apple Arcade doesn't feel like that so far. And I am a little bit hesitant because I can't give a comprehensive. I haven't played every game. Um, but I think part of the reason why I can't be comprehensive is because I've just been enjoying so much. I've played two full things on Apple Arcade already. Yeah. And they're not doing microtransactions mm-hmm. with Apple Arcade. If you sign up for this, the games on the service, what they're saying, the line that they're taking, what I've heard is that you cannot put microtransactions in the game. And the games Whoa. that I've been playing feel like real games, mm-hmm. which is great. Very cool. <laughs> um, and Cyanara Wildlands is exactly like that. But the other saving grace... The way I've been playing these games is with the new iOS update, uh, you can just sync a PS4 controller to your phone perfectly. That is it's like you just you convenient. just go to Bluetooth, you hold down the share button, you hit the PlayStation button, it'll flash, and it's just it's like it's it's so little Simply. hassle. Wow. There's there's almost nothing that you have to do. It's wow. very seamless. And everything that I've played, so I've played Exit the Gungeon, mm-hmm. I've played Shantae and the Seven Sirens, which I'll talk about, mm-hmm. I've played Siren and our Wild Heart. So they work flawlessly. Wow. Like, no hiccups at all. And uh, that has been wonderful. And I got a little stand for my phone, and so it's like, it, it, it ends up being really great. Mm-hmm. I'm having a great time. So at this point, you can just throw a DualShock in your backpack yeah. Yeah. and set up shop anywhere. Yep. And, and I keep thinking about, like, this is the way it was always Wild. meant to be. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I feel like that's kind of my revelation with, with Apple OK, where it's like, man, like... Mobile gaming mobile has leveled good. up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Like, it, like, there are mobile games that I've enjoyed, yeah. certainly. And it's not fair to completely discredit an entire platform. But I do feel like mobile comes with a lot of like eye rolling and a lot of like unnecessary BS, and this just feels like it cuts out so much of that. It feels like a very clean experience so it's far. It's very encouraging. Yes, and Sayonara Wild Hearts. Boy, this game is awesome. Mm-hmm. It's not very. This is a one sitting game, yeah. and it's just kind of a ride. It's kind of a ride in like those weird rhythm games, like back in the day. Like I, I, I almost get like a Parappa the Rapper kind of vibe from it. Uh, where it's this sort of pseudo-rhythm game that's on rails, and you just... It starts out, you're just controlling this character. It starts out very, very simple, where you're just trying to gather hearts, and there's only kind of one way that you can move. But every single level, they have a new way to, to kind of take this concept where it's like, okay, you're kind of moving on rails. You'll see things, avoid stuff, and collect the hearts. They really, really push themselves at every single level to change how they're doing it. Where mm-hmm. it's like, okay, now you're floating around. Okay, now you're on a motorcycle. Okay, now you're in a car and you can drift. And, cool. And if you drift, you'll increase your score. Um, and now you're sword fighting. Okay, now you're in a virtual reality headset. Uh, <laughs> now you're fighting somebody. And what's great is the levels are so bite-sized, they take a couple of minutes to complete, that you just... It's like it's almost like a theme park ride in the best way, or like a movie where you just sit down and you're like, just take me somewhere. Yeah. And it's I think it's an experience games need more of where we con- we have that constant anxiety of like, okay, I got to play a little bit of this, but there's so much coming out. What am I gonna do? And this this is just like the best guilt free ride mm-hmm. of the year, I feel it like. Sounds like nineteen eighty X. Remember the one I brought a couple times ago? Sure. Just like one yeah, I'm not na- familiar with that game, yeah. but it's like a one night thing, mm-hmm. little bite sized yeah. levels, you know, and it's done and you feel good. 
the the style of Serenar Wild Hearts is just so fantastic as well. It's just like gushing with neon colors and this music is pulsating and it will even it ties into the music in so many incredible ways and there's like a moment where it's like dubstepy kind of and it's the, the screen is pulsing to kind of give you the effect of the bass like just mm-hmm. having ripples across this entire world Sick. and as somebody who really likes music and video games if, if you are in that camp at all which I'm sure a lot of you are it's really a wonderful ride uh, but I think what I love about Sayonara Wild Hearts, beyond all of the stuff that I've already mentioned, is how smart its design is. And we've talked a lot about difficulty in games this year. I think Sayonara Wild Hearts is like a perfect example of, of a good path that you can take. No matter what, you can get through this. And if you run into something a bunch of times, or you fall off a ledge or whatever it is, you do that enough times, a voice will come up and it'll be like, Hey, uh, do you just want to skip this part? And you can and so it, it feels like it's, it's catering to somebody that just wants to go along for the ride very, very well. But there's also a rating system. And so when you get to the end of the level, it will tell you, hey, you, did the, you got a bronze rank, or you got a silver rank, or you got a gold rank. And the levels are so short that you're like, no, I could do better on that. Nice. That only took me a couple of minutes. I, I feel like I want to go further. And the gold is hard enough to get where it's like kind of satisfying trying to go that and trying nice. to track your progress. And so it doesn't feel like this completely mindless thing if you don't want it to be. But wherever you're at, if you're like, I just want to go along for the ride, or mm-hmm. like, no, I really want to do well, it feels like it's catering to you seamlessly. Like, you can just kind of do it on the fly immediately. It's not like you have to go into a menu and, like, tune things exactly how you want or, like, play the whole game and then unlock this new thing and then try that. It's just like, where are you at right now, man? Mm-hmm. And I think that seamlessness very uh, is very, very, very smart. And just the little things that they do for at the level where it's like, okay, you don't really need to find a path forward because it's on rails. Uh, and a lot of the collectibles are very easy to get. But there are, every once in a while, this collectible that's like out of the way. Or you're going to have to be kind of dexterous to get it and then get yeah. back. And so just like, like you miss it and you're like, I'm going to restart. I want to get that thing. Nice. Um, and just small design choices like that are fantastic. And it, it, I don't know, it for a game that does so many different styles, and it really does, like you, it's a kind of game where you don't know what's going to happen next, and I think that's so smart about it. It never kind of loses this simplicity as well, and I think that is so smart. Like for as wild as it gets visually, and even like as wild as it gets in terms of how you control it, there's there's always this kind of restraint present as well, where it never it never gets so crazy that you're like, okay, I can't even process what's going on. Like there are times where you're like, man, a lot's going on, but you always feel like it it has your interests at heart, I guess, as a player, nice. which is really cool. And so yeah, I'm very impressed with mm. it. Very very impressed with it. Very impressed. Probably play that tonight, with Apple man. Play. Yeah, it's how long to beat it says like an hour and a half. I can't recall exactly how long it took me but somewhere around there i think is probably accurate cool brad yeah you're the souls man I, yeah i guess <laughs> and i think you're the, hey, you're the think, souls guy yeah i think that uh is yeah did you know it's you're not the fun being guy? pigeonholed so i'm did. not trying to pigeonhole you but the reason okay, I like, that, I'm cool, cool with it, being yeah. the resident evil guy man I, it's an honor <laughs> yeah it's cool i like those games <laughs> uh <laughs> no i 
We all like Souls. Mm -hmm. But the reason I say that is because you you have two Souls-like games to talk about. Yeah. Uh, and I can talk a little bit about one of them, but I can't talk about the other That's one. That's what I meant. We had two Souls game and mm -hmm. a game I still have to talk about. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about Code Vein. Ah, uh, Code Vein, yes. Code Vein! When did they announce this game? 14 years ago. It feels like it. It was a long time ago. Yeah. Wasn't it? Something like four years? I don't know. Uh, Code Vein. Uh, I've not finished this game yet. I'm currently <laughs> We've talked about it in like multiple frame traps. Yeah. at least one other one. Uh, yeah, I haven't finished this yet. I'm working on the review, so I'm making my way through it. Uh, was it you that told me they said it's not anime? Was that Code Vein? They were like, we're they not were, anime. They were, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, we, they were like, yeah. I don't remember the exact quote, but I believe it was something like, we we don't want to make it too anime. And you're like. Come on now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is, uh, just embrace like, yeah. it. Just come on now. Be it's, what you are. There's an anime intro at the beginning, so and it's very long, actually. I was surprised. Well, just the character designs and everything. It's like, so animated, yeah, but it's, it's not like not a bad way. It's just, it, it is. Yeah, That's just exactly. what it is. It's yeah. fine. It's, it's not a criticism, but like, don't try to be like, no, we didn't go yeah, too far. Yeah, it's anime, like, vampire game. You're pretty much like a vampire, almost. Ooh. Yes, you're not that, like so. That actually raised let my hypotic. Let me explain this to you. Let me just explain this to you. I love vamps. You're not, you're not, <laughs> you're not biting people's necks. Okay. You're not like, doing anything like that. But do blood, you get I love vamps? No, but like blood is like a, a part of the game and stuff like oh, that. And like God. humans, like people are like kind of like vampires needing blood and stuff like that. Cool. It's very like basically groundwork. It is a Souls game at the beginning. Really quick question. Yes. Yeah. Is the word vampire I don't said in the game. think it's said actually okay. I don't think they say but it like it's vampire-esque oh yeah okay. yeah 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 okay. you like where these like on the back of the box it says explicitly for people who love vamps yeah <laughs> uh it's very like when you first look at it and you're playing it for the first time it's very much souls souls like I guess got it combat you, you parry you dodge all that kind of stuff but it has what it has its unique thing is this kind of like I would say almost this class system. So pretty much you unlock classes, I guess, which have separate moves in them. Ooh. And by uh, having these equipped, there's stuff like you could shoot ice or you could have like a passive effect, like more health. As you like kill enemies most of the time, you eventually unlock it so you can add it onto another class that you're playing as. Mm. So you could play as this class that's like a sword class, like more focused on swords and stuff like that, where you can have some magic if you want. Mm -hmm. But each of these classes you equip pretty much give you stats. So like this job will give you, whatever class job will give you higher strength overall. So you might want to use this if you're using strength weapons yep. and like, like synergize abilities together like that. But it gives you a bit of freedom to like experiment with moves and kind of build it how you want to build. Nice. You can also unlock new abilities by finding like memories, I guess. They're... I don't know the exact words for everything right now, but they're like they're yeah. like blood memories almost. Like you get these things, <laughs> someone like you relive right. memories of like, these characters, and you get new abilities from them. Cool. And one thing I really like about this game is the game puts a lot of effort into a story, in making you like making you try to like care about these characters and telling you what's going on. There's a ton of cutscenes. Tell me right now, Brad. Yeah. Do you care about these characters? Some of them are pretty dope. Wow, I got some, I got some of my boys there, dude. That is like not what I expected at They're all. Not, Man, it's I, not I like can't, I don't. That's shocking. It's not I don't like feel that way. it's not super like deep characters, but yeah. I like them. They've got a good. Uh, it's, it's not good like, archetypes, maybe. Or yeah, like they're good, just. I just like having them around. They're cool, yeah. dude. Like I like them. They're is, fine. Is there somebody that's all about the cash? 
When when no. did you start feeling that way? Because I've I've played through the intro multiple times now, and I just well, it gets past all that. Like, did you get? There's a hub. Did you get to the hub? It's like past some of when that. When I played the beta, I got to the hub. You yes. get some more of that. Like, I mean, it gets flushed out more over time. You start to like, like I said, you get these blood things, their memories, and you start to learn more about like who you're with and like how they came to the situation. Cool. Mm. It's just something I appreciate that helps set it apart. Besides, it's like class system, I'd say, because mm-hmm. it does not shine. In levels, in the level design, I don't think it shines at all. Like, mm. it gets a little more complex. It's fine. Like, not everything needs to be super crazy, but it sometimes it can get kind of boring. Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, mm, okay. <laughs> there is some blatant stuff where I'm like, oh, you just took a Dark Souls on. 100%. I'm like, oh, this is, this is a Dark Souls on, but Brad- worse in every way. <laughs> Brad, where I'm at with this game right now is I am struggling to have the motivation to be enthused about it. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's bad. No. I don't. But I also don't think it is giving me anything to to want Mm -hmm. to... Sure, yeah. In a sea of things, I just don't feel the motivation to commit to it. Uh, And and I think, kind of what we were talking about with remakes, there are a lot of Souls-like options, and Mm -hmm. they they seem to be ever-increasing. Yeah. I have two major problems Mm -hmm. in... In the early goings of Code Vein. The first is that the way combat feels, there's something off about, like, hits. Like, there's not enough weight into swings for... Some for... kind of, yeah. I don't know. Like, I've been playing a lot of Souls-like, so I'm like... I guess, I like, not everything is from software quality to me. Like, it just can't be, which mm-hmm. is fine. But, like, I think it does enough from, like, okay, it's fine. It, it's satisfying was... enough, but it's not, like... That that feeling that you love yeah. or something like that. Right. It's fine. Swords clashing. It's fine. <laughs> right. And but that might not be a, enough for a lot of people. Right. But it, it it where where I come from with Code Vein is is like well okay if the combat is just fine mm-hmm. then I need to lean on other things a little yes. bit more like I need to be enchanted by the world or the characters mm-hmm. or whatever and. <laughs> The way that game starts, it has to be it has to be like the most generic, oh, like no. like post apocalyptic, hey, it's a ruined city yeah. and everything kind of looks the same. <laughs> yes. And the enemy Yeah, that starting zone much... is like very, very, very straightforward and kind yeah. of boring. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and perhaps it gets a lot better. But it, it doesn't just... get a lot better. Okay. It gets a, a little better though. Okay. Where I'm like, oh, okay, I got some like different ways to go or something like that or jump down here or something like that. Right, right. And yeah, you're absolutely right that not everything can be from software quality, but it's just like, I don't know how, like, I don't need a worse version of this in my life is sure where I'm coming from. That's a conversation though, Ben. Yeah. That is a scary place to be in with this many games, dude. It's like, it's like, I always question, it's like, why am I playing this when there are so many mm. options of, yeah. why would I settle for a seven, mm-hmm. when there's tens out there, you know, or yeah. nines or eights, mm-hmm. what do we do? I think Neo is a really good <laughs> game to bring up. I, I think there are plenty of criticisms to levy against Neo, but the way that I feel when I play Neo is like, man, this combat, like this combat, the, the, the stances, the like the key pulse that you do, there is enough going on here that I need more of it. Mm-hmm. And I think when you're being an imitator, that's kind of the perspective that you need to come from. And to Code Vein's credit, it's doing some things. You mentioned the classes, mm-hmm. but it's also doing this kind of AI companion thing. Mm-hmm. Talk about that. Do you think there is 
value there? Uh, they can. They are super OP, dude. I'll <laughs> tell you that. They can really wreck stuff, which is cool. Like have someone with you who's like your companion, and they can really like. They don't feel like a burden at all. Yeah. Like sometimes I've just let them fight guys, where I'm like, I'm gonna take a second, let them kill these dudes. <laughs> so that's been cool. Uh, the game was super easy for me for a while. Then there's a part where it just went like Whoa. a difficulty spike where I was like, oh my god, I didn't see this coming. Can you play this entire game co-op? With another player? Yeah. I don't know yet. Okay. It, like, it just came out, I think, yesterday. Okay. So I'm not sure yet. I know you, I'm pretty sure you can like summon people. Okay. But maybe. I have to, I mean, I have to check all that stuff out, but yeah, I don't know yet. For sure. I mean, was the, was the difficulty spike when it happened to you, was that an interesting conundrum where you're like, man, I can be all these classes, this gives me an excuse to be more experimental? Like, oh, or, yeah, I mean, I'm, experiment- just- I'm experimenting with everything right now. Like, I'm, tr- I'm not necessarily trying to be, like, the best I can be, yeah. but I'm just, like, messing with everything at this moment. Yeah. But, like, there was a point where... There's, like, these weird invasions where you get invaded by the computer, it seems like. There's just, like, waves coming at you. Yeah. It's, like, kind of weird. You're just like, okay, like, these guys are coming at me and just kill them. But there's, like, a bunch of them. And I just got rushed by a bunch of these, like, newer type of enemies that are way tougher than the other ones I've been fighting that, like, killed me a bunch of times. I was just like, whoa. Okay. (laughs) Let me think about this real quick. Yeah. And I was like, okay, let me, like, level up a little bit. Then I, like, changed a few things. I, like, upgraded my weapon a bit. And I was like, oh, okay. The Got game it. makes wants me to be at a certain point, I feel like, Got it. at this point in the game. So nice. let me get to that point. Got it. Brad, I, I have, I think fear is maybe too strong of a word, but I have, yeah. I have this apprehension, let's say, and it's why I keep revisiting Code Vein. Like, pretty much every time I've encountered it, at events and then the beta mm-hmm. and now with the full release, I'm like, yeah, I just don't know, man. Yeah, sure. Uh, but there's there's always, there's the apprehension, and I'm like, am I, am I... Reaching this judgment too quickly. Is there more there than I really like? I feel like multiple times of kind of coming to this conclusion. Mm-hmm. Like, well, it just depends. Like, do you enjoy the class kind of system or whatever, unlocking new abilities and trying them out? Do you enjoy your companions in any way? Do you enjoy just like fighting or anything like that? It's like, do you like any of this? That's what it comes down to. And if you don't, then like you don't. <laughs> yeah. It's it's a weird situation where. I think I stand by. I think this is not bad necessarily, no, but I don't, I don't know. Think it's bad. I don't know because I'm not reviewing this game. I don't know if yeah. this is good enough. I'm like, I'm like enjoying my time with it. It's turning into like a weird guilty pleasure of mine, where right. I feel like it has problems in a lot of ways, but I still like kind of enjoy doing sure, what I'm doing. Right? Yeah. So like, that's what it is for me right now. Like. It's not like amazing or anything, but I think it's it's fine. Mm-hmm. And but there's certain hooks that I like I like about it and I kinda like yeah. kinda wanna find out more about what's going on with some of these characters. Like then cool. you definitely said we were getting there with the souls genre of yeah. it being too much, but I still think like I know you get sick of us praising souls. I know. I get it. But like I mean if you the genre the it's the worth souls, praising. The, right? Right? It's mm-hmm. like the soul right. genre is still just, it's so exciting and just so fun. Like, I love mm-hmm. that genre. So, I mean, even though Code Vein might not be the best in the genre, no. just, like, d- dabbling in it and, like, jumping into a new game of that type yeah. still has merit and is still exciting because mm-hmm. it's just, we, we love the genre, you know? I definitely held that opinion, and I think in some ways I, I still do, but... I, I guess I'm reaching a point, and maybe Codevane is that point where I'm like, I, I don't. Yeah, I mean, like, because yeah. like Remnant just came out, Surge, 
uh, this, Kevin right. Vane. And we it's can, a lot. We can go into this, but... Greedfall even, I, I haven't. I haven't played The Search 2 yet, but just watching other people's coverage of The Search, mm-hmm. I'm like, there's something about this combat. Like, this looks a little bit more satisfying. This... This what is going on in this game looks a little bit more interesting in Code Vein, and I guess we can talk to Brad, who played the whole thing. Yeah. There it is. How do yeah. you feel about the Surge Two? Hey, you're the Souls guy, yeah, dude. The Surge Two. Um, <laughs> so I didn't play Surge One. Still on my backlog. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this was like my first time, like really playing it. I like Surge. I think it's good. Uh, I think the obviously the most interesting part about that series is the severing kind of thing and like the target lock, like the body lock on mechanic. I think that's cool and it's unique to that series. I feel like that's something that makes that, that series stand apart more. Mm-hmm. Like I'm okay with these soul, like I, I like souls like, and I think it's great when they they could take good ideas, but I think it's awesome they try to introduce their own unique idea and it works. And I think that right. works with the surge too. The surge too, I think the story is just kind of like what. Like whatever, like you're not gonna really care. You're just yeah. like, okay, the world, the world design is much better. I'd say, like going every, all these environments are like much more dense. There's like actual like shortcuts that feel rewarding that you unlock. I think the bosses in the surge are just okay. I was kind of like, eh. which I, I none of them really stood a big deal. None I of them really stood out mediocre, to me. Dude, bosses. for this genre, you yes. need like, memorable. Some of them are okay. Boss. Some of them are okay, but some of them just feel like. I'm like, that was a boss fight. Mm. <laughs> Not necessarily in the sense of, like, it was easy. It just seemed like I was just, like, fighting just, like, an NPC that like didn't feel like enemy. a boss. Yeah, that's what it kind of felt like to me. Got it. And I was like, oh, it's fine. The Surge 2 is really fun, I think. There's a lot to like about it, I think. Um, like I said, I think the, world's, the world and the combat are the best parts about that game. But uh, I, it's hard for me to say because I haven't played the first one. Yeah. But I like I I try to investigate the first game and like find out stuff mechanics about it. But uh, yeah, I think Code Vein and the Surge are like pretty different from each other. Right. They're both souls like, but they both kind of their strength I think lies in different areas and they play different enough. I think you would might like Surge more, just from like what you're saying to me, like what right. you're looking for out of it. I think the Surge combat's probably a little tighter. Well, I, I think it's just kind of a, a tumbling effect, and I want to dig into the search too a little bit more, but I think maybe to illustrate what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we had Bloodstain come out, and Bloodstain was a very high high for me. Mm-hmm. Where I was like, wow, they really nailed exactly what we were going for. And then going into Blasphemous, it was like, this is kind of similar to Bloodstain. I feel like I just... I feel like I just played this mm-hmm. in a way just just because the style was so similar. But Blasphemous also has a lot of Souls-like stuff going on. Mm-hmm. And then going into Code Vein where it's like, okay, I just played Blasphemous, so yeah. this is kind of similar. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think I get it. it's that tumbling effect where it's like right. all of these things feel so close together. Right. And I, I don't think I would maybe be – and this, this is a – personal thing like you don't have to play these games right now right no, and so no. i could i could feel much different later on but i think just all of them being so close together and sharing enough where it's like okay like i think it makes me more critical of them sure yeah, yeah. i think that's a fair criticism but yeah i mean surge 2 i think if you like surge 1 you're going to really like this game if you nice. like that type uh, style of game sci-fi souls yeah uh surge 2 was pretty hard too man mm. some of those bosses killed me a lot or i was like woof is- damn that's a good question for you, Brad. Hmm. Uh, is Neo the hardest Souls game? Neo? Neo one. To I don't me, know. To me, it was. What I don't know. The hardest one is. So Neo, like my Neo, like 
not necessarily like the hardest. I think playing like the things that Neo was the hardest for me to get through because I never finished it because I just got over it. Got Neo it. is very long. Yeah, yeah I think I Neo it. was just too long. Some of the systems I don't like. Neo can be very hard though. Mm. So I don't know. It just it depends, man. Yeah. Like what gives you trouble in certain t- these type of games. For me, Neo was an up and down game mm. where. Uh, I, I I had moments where I'm like, that was really easy, or, or moments where I was like, that was a brick wall. Mm-hmm. And so it was just, it, it's hard for me to be like, was that the hardest one? I think, honestly, I think com- comparing all the ones that I've played, yeah, I think sense. Sekiro is probably, was probably the hardest for me front to back. Like, it just, yeah. I'm not saying Corrupted like... Corrupted Monk and the final boss. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I, I think... There were maybe moments in other games where I sp- spent longer with them or struggled mm-hmm. for one reason or another more, maybe. But And it could just be that it's fresh in my mind. I feel like Sekiro, for a lot of it, it, it was it felt like it was really pushing back. Yeah. Uh, like the drunkard at the beginning, that was definitely a wall, and then like the final boss. The final saying, boss has got to be one of the right. hardest fights and I've so, ever done in a video game. <laughs> yeah, I think there were definitely some moments in the middle where, where it wasn't quite so bad, but I yeah, there was just, it, it felt like a, a march all the way through, a march in the snow, mm-hmm. in a good way. Yeah. It, it, it felt consistently rewarding. That's, that's, yeah, like the surge is like kind great. of a struggle the whole way through, ah. but or can be. It was for me like getting through this game and just kind of learning all the systems and everything like that. Yeah, but sometimes I wasn't like this fight's sick. I'm having a ton of fun in this fight though, even though I'm dying a lot. But it's good Wait, enough. There I were think. times or were not. No, there weren't really times okay. where I was like, dude, sick fight. Cool. Yeah. Sick fight or like anything Guardian like Guardian Ape or something. No, You're no, not, not even like. <laughs> it's so unfair for me to do that <laughs> I know, to I know. compare it from software. I'm, I can't, but I think it's. I think the game's good on its own, and you can have a really good time. Especially, the Surge has this sci-fi vibe going for it, which is pretty unique in that series. Besides yeah. the original game, so I think the Surge is unique enough where you could find stuff that you will like in that series. Nice. Does so how effectively is that sci-fi setting utilized? Does it feel like other yeah. games well, where it's, and it's just window dressing, or do you feel like they really lean into that? I mean, in I think there's way? like cool things. There's uh, obviously Chips your exosuit you're wearing. Yeah, it's like which is your armor ties into all that. There's the implants kind of system. There's like these cool like hover gates. You like walk and they like lift you up to places. Like you get like a grappling hook later in the game to swing to areas like that. Just like cool little things like that. There's robot companions and stuff like that. Just cool like sci-fi stuff. Not necessarily nice. like. To an extent, yeah, it's kind of a window dressing, but like, how do you change a game system so rapidly just from it just being a sci-fi setting compared to a fantasy one? Like, you're not like getting like super laser guns and death blows. You have like a drone, which is kind of cool. Mm. You, have, you got like enough stuff to separate apart where it feels completely different being in a sci-fi universe. Like, it feels like it's a sci-fi universe for a purpose. Nice. Uh, I think something that a lot of souls like miss for me. Or maybe 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 a lot is 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 too much, but something that I really admire about from software games is that feeling of just kind of stumbling onto a situation. You're like, wait, what is this? What's going mm-hmm. on here? Where am I? How did I get here? Who is this person? Mm-hmm. That that sense of mystery and the fact that like, oh man, because I took this left turn, I stumbled into this crazy place or this crazy yeah. situation. I love feeling. I love the Alice in Wonderland tumbling down the rabbit hole feeling. Um, do you think? The, the worlds of the Surge 2 or Code Vein give you that sensation at all? Like, a little. The mm. Surge 2 more so. I yeah. think the Surge 2 level design is like way more interesting and way more going on to it. Like, okay. Surge 2 is very dense, lots of ways to go and everything. Code Vein's like pretty... 
like not super dense. Like mm-hmm. there's some areas that are more dense, but it doesn't feel like you're like going off like some random way. You're it feels like a lot of times you're following a certain path. Mm-hmm. So I think Code Vein definitely scratches that itch more. Or sorry, uh, Surge does. But there is a a few things here and there I've seen Code Vein where like, hey, you go down this random hole and you're in some random area. But you're not going to get that sense of like, whoa, or anything like that from Code Vein, at least that I've seen yet. Can you talk to me uh, and, and kind of clarify how the dismemberment system works and, sure. and how the so, upgrading works in the Surge 2? These enemies you fight, a lot of them have armor, or sometimes they don't have armor, and when you're fighting them, you can attack certain parts of them. The head, both arms, both legs, and the chest. Now, if an enemy doesn't have armor, you do more damage to them. Oh, yeah, also you can cut off all these like areas that I was mentioning, like severing it off. So pretty much you target an area and you just attack a lot. Then after you hit it enough, a prompt will come off where you like chop it off. What if you chop a leg off? You So if you chop, it's over. The fight's over when you cut off their limb. Like any on a, limb. On any normal enemy, oh, yeah. Okay. When you're cutting off like their legs so they're pretty inca- incapacitated. Yeah. Like yeah. there's some bosses you take stuff off. There's a few enemies where you chop stuff off and they're not out forever. But cool. most of the enemies, yeah. So if you chop off a piece of armor they have, you unlock a schematic to actually have that armor. So you're like, this guy has a sweet helmet. I want to want that. Get that. I'm gonna attack his head, chop his head off. I'll get the smack to use his helmet. So you, how is the how are the decapitations? Pretty good. That sounds like a really cool it is it's risk super, reward system so, because because like if you let's say you really want that helmet mm-hmm. and you don't get it, you don't decapitate him. Do you just not get that helmet then? You not from wait. that guy, right? But and like, so you'd have yeah. to wait for another guy. Like you can get some boss weapons. I I think if you attack certain spots, I believe you can. So yeah, it's cool. It's pretty easy to get something if you want. Mm. I feel like if I want that, I can come back and find this guy later. Are there any things where it's like, man, I gotta get it from this guy or I won't get it? Uh, I don't know necessarily. Like, there's definitely enemy types. Like, there's like a lot of armor types to pick from in this game. Like mm. a lot of different armor sets. So you like certain locales have some different guys associated with the area. A lot of times, so you're like, okay, I'm gonna go to this area to find this specific guy, stuff like that. But nothing. I felt like, wow, I really missed out on this thing. I think maybe like a couple boss weapons. Yeah, but that's about it. But I was never like, oh man, it's this sucks because I did not get that. There's always yeah. something else you can get. Are there invasions in this game? Can you invade someone? No. Or summon? There was so like in the surge, there was like, uh, if someone died when I was reviewing it, like, uh, like an evil spirit of the guy that killed someone would attack you. That you could it. kill and get like more like currency or items or something like that. Got it. But the surge two does like a few little twists on this formula that I think are cool, like. So your souls, which is called scrap in this game, you can actually bank it in like your your bonfire thing, and you could just save it up. So if you die, you don't lose anything. So you don't have to necessarily get a ton and then just like spend it on leveling up. You can just bank it for stuff later. And if you die and you have stuff, you can go pick it up like in every other game. But there's a time limit on it, so you're like, oh, I gotta actually like a little sense of urgency. That's cool. Usually, like you can get there pretty chill, but if there's like a guy guarding it or you got to make your way through somewhere you don't want to get back. You could be like, oh, crap, i got to really get this. Nothing game-changing, just a cool little tweak on it, I guess, that I appreciated. Nice. I think the Surge 2 sounds pretty cool. Surge 2 is fun. I kind of want to give it a the shot. The Surge 2 is fun. The Surge 1 like has it. been on my PS4 for yeah. over a year, and I've never even clicked into it. it it's just fun. Like, keeps getting bumped, yeah. and now 2 is out. You could have fun with what the Surge the 2. The combat's good, I feel like. It's... Definitely stronger in one-on-one scenarios. I feel like they're multiple foes at a time, which happens sometimes. The lock-on could be a little finicky, Ooh. where you're like trying to get a certain point. Yeah. But uh, I feel like there's enough there you could have a good time. If you're like looking for 
a good alternative. Nice. It's uh, not gonna blow you away, but it's good. You you said that the story is just kind of like ah, yeah, whatever. yeah, yeah. Usually, uh, does does it ever try to do some twist or anything? Does it develop in any interesting way, like, or is it just like really how it like presents hey, this is the, the story is more so like you talk to a few NPCs, which is fine. Most of the time, you don't know exactly what's going on. There's like weird. Like flashbacks, you kind of see you walk by, you like see a flashback of something that happened. You're like, oh, okay, that's pretty much it. Like the game, the game kind of puts in the effort, especially later on. But I never really cared about it. I was just like, okay, whatever, it's fine. It's there, but it, it's okay. Uh, doing the two back to back, search two and code vein. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> would you say you prefer code vein more? Uh, it depends on what I'm looking for. I think at this point in time, I think Surge is a better game mm. overall. But they're offering me different things at this moment in time, so I'm finding different things I like about each of them. Yeah, I kind of liked what you were talking about, Code Vein, where like, I'm kind of into these stories and characters, and I think that, that mm-hmm. unexpectedness maybe, yeah. maybe endeared you to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what it, yeah. So it's, it's a nice alternative. Yeah, I think Surge excels more in its combat and its world design, but like, Code Vein is so... <laughs> Code Vein's all... The character creator is ridiculously ca- insane humor. Yes! You could He's have a lot right of fun with that. this. Like, people have made crazy characters. It's like, Ooh, it reminds yes. me like Soul Calibur is yes. almost. Whoa. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I spent a, a, a decent amount of time making my character, and then I there was another streamer I watched who just literally made Naruto head yeah. and all. So, yeah. Uh, it's it's pretty wild. They do they they are extremely generous with mm-hmm. the options that they give in the character. Yeah, yeah. that wow. is absolutely true. Yeah. Oh well. But yeah, I think um, I magic think word. as Code Vein goes on, it gets better, okay. which is nice. Like some of the enemies get much more tactical. I would say like they offer up more mechanics and just a basic attack. Like they do a few new things to yeah. keep you on your toes, which I appreciate. So I'm hoping this trend of like progressing, getting better as it cool. goes on, is continues. Brett, I, I think that was a pretty reasonable perspective. I, I think I'm gonna like wait for you to finish it and then like yeah. we'll we'll, we'll yeah. talk about it. Have we'll a conversation. It. Yeah, right now, right yeah. now, I just don't know. I mean, yeah, there's so many games right now, so exactly. it's like hard for me to tell you to play it over something else. Right. But I'm enjoying my time with it. Cool. Cool, cool. I you did you The Surge 2 sounds very appealing. The Surge 2 is good. Uh Huber. Yep. You were the one who said the cotton frame trap word today. Vamps. Vamps, dude. Got us. And they're like, hey, va- the vamps are on our side. Mm-hmm. That's what they said. I mm-hmm. really am excited about this cotton frame trap. Cool. We're doing Doom Level oh. or Slayer Song. <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of me coming out here, which I'm very excited Kay. about. Okay. And it's pretty hard, I think. Because, uh, yeah. you know, they're, they're, these <laughs> you could see them going either way. There's yeah. some overlap there um, <laughs> with so those yeah. vibes. Start, start thinking about occult things. Start thinking about satanic things. Mm-hmm. Start start getting in that that mood. That mood. Okay. Uh, because before we go there, we have some wonderful sponsors Ooh. that we need to shout out. The first of which is Greg the Dark Knight Kettering. Thank you, Greg. Next, we have Zoteg. Do you play Final Fantasy fourteen? Are you in the Crystal Data Center? Search at Zoteg. That is X O T I G on Twitter for a link to an EZA Crystal Discord server. I want to play Final Fantasy fourteen so bad. I do. Yeah, it's good. And then someday, someday. Someday. Maybe when I'm 80 years old, I'll play it. I don't know. But <laughs> it's there. The, lo- the, just little... the longing is yeah. there. <clears throat> Next, thank you, Zotag. Next, we have Accounts Payable, uh, who would like to give us a free shout out. What would we like to shout out today? Shout out to game developers across the world. Yeah. Game developers, they're human beings. They're just like you, they're just yeah. like us. 
they're doing their best yeah. trying to make some great video games. It's good to No one wants think to make a bad it. game. Yep. I, I think and I don't really do well, this, do. but I think a good exercise is Okay. All right. <laughs> a lot of times <laughs> Abby and I have been trying to play as many games together as possible, yeah. and I really enjoy sharing that experience with her. Fun. And I find myself saying something, basically the same thing over and over to her, where I'm like, I can't believe how good this looks. Like, you yeah. don't understand. Like, I can't believe that we're here. I can't believe people can put this on the screen. Yeah. I can't get over how good it looks. And I, I it's just, it's just like, we were even playing, uh, we played all of Ratchet and Clank 2016. Yeah. Uh, very recently. We played through all of that. Cozy and game. That game is like what three years old now. Yeah, it looks goddamn incredible. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, those the wizards. Yeah, visual just visually. Yeah, made that game. Yeah, it's great. Anyway, <laughs> awesome. Uh, thank you, accounts payable for the free shout out. Game developers everywhere. And their passion. Speaking of game developers, our next sponsor is Gift of Heaven. Gift of Heaven is a rad and righteous RPG created by O.M. Hawkstelter for your 3DS. In this apocalyptic fable, World Emperor McElvis, I hope I pronounced that right, finds himself powerless to conquer the evil inherent in the Empire itself. In his unrelenting quest for Utopia, he conspires with the last archaic vampire to combine heaven with earth in an unholy alchemy intended to end the world as we know it. At the same time, the dread wizard Kilbaz seeks to destroy all life by summoning the Black Hole Sun. One way or another, the end is coming, and so is Gift of Heaven when you download the prologue for free by searching the 3DS eShop for the RPG Maker Player and searching on the RPG Maker Player for the nickname OM Hawk. Check out the Gift of Heaven YouTube channel to watch the prologue launch trailer, a weird promotional short film, and a spooky Act 1 trailer. And let me know what you think in my thread on the Easy Allies forums. Thank you so much, Gift of Heaven. Next, we have Daventry Vaporworks. Thank you, Daventry Vaporworks. And our final regular sponsor is Alex AI. Are you looking for more Sega Genesis soundtracks? Make sure to pack some Shining Force 2 goodness into your collection and support the Allies. Thank you, Alex AI. And now it is time for Omega Sponsor! View Sonic, it goes without saying that gaming relies on fast reaction times, and if you're often finding yourself on the losing end of those nail-biting standoffs, the problem might not be your performance. Might be your monitors. With ViewSonic Elite's expansive line of gaming monitors, users are delivered the performance modern gaming requires. Take the 24-inch XG240R with its blazing fast 144Hz refresh rate and 1 millisecond response time. You'll experience the hyper-responsiveness of eSports pros. And with the XG240R's fully customizable RGB black lighting, users can sync to partnered hardware to illuminate their gaming atmosphere. Learn more about ViewSonic Elite by visiting View viewsonic.com slash elite and for giveaways and updates follow at viewsonic gaming on social media thank you viewsonic for your support we're ready to answer some questions about doom or slayer yes uh fun fact what i was originally going to make this this uh caught in a frame trap i I thought was a little too cynical i was gonna i was gonna like i was gonna do um the names of different micro different currencies Different microtransaction currencies and be like, what game does this belong that to? That is hilarious. And then I was like, well, you oh know, maybe gosh. after maybe after the Funko Pop one, we can't we can't do Solus <laughs> twice in a row. <laughs> All right, Doom level or Slayer song. The first one is Necrophobic. Is that a Doom, doom. level or a Slayer song? Doom, 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 Doom. Doom. You're both wrong. That's a Slayer really? song. Yeah. All right. Well, 
There goes all my confidence. <laughs> I you was seemed certain. so confident. I was certain. You and and I was like, confident. oh, Huber probably knows yeah. this. I, I actually got a little bit paranoid making this, where I was like, could that be both? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next one. No points on the board yet. Spill the blood. Song. That sounds like Slayer. That's a Slayer song. I'm going to give you both points. Nice. Unholy Cathedral. Oh, level. Slayer. Stage. Brad's right. That's from Doom. Doom. I'm the Doom Epi- guy. You're Epi- the Doom Epi- guy. Episode three. <laughs> uh, the Living End. Uh, Doom. Slayer. Hubert catches up. That's from Doom 2. Doom 2. It's only right that like we're all the Doom. We are the Doom pent- Us three? pentagram or something. I like Doom. I like Doom. Yeah, dude. Perfect Hatred. That's got to be a Slayer. Slayer. Song, You're both wrong. Damn what? it. Ultimate Doom. This is impossible. Perfect Hatred. Uh, it, but their their stages sound like songs, <laughs> man. Yeah, this That's is why it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that is gonna be that's gonna be a two and two. <laughs> Double cut in a frame trap. You guys will have to break us out of here. I guess if you would like some inspiration, you could go Doom or Slayer focused. Yo, I'm gonna. Um, you both gotta do it. Yeah. I'm gonna. I'm gonna load the shotgun. The shotgun. <laughs> Throw it to you. Okay. Get us out of here. Okay. <laughs> Boom! Oh! <laughs> nice. Just trying to do the, like... Yeah. Sound. Yeah. All right. Um, let's not wait any longer. Let's talk about that Shenmue 3 oh, demo yeah. that you just got yeah. done playing on stream. Hot off the presses. Hot off the presses. The trial backer edition. Yeah, I... I, I I didn't remember the exact language yeah. of it. Trial what was backer it again? edition. Yeah, yeah. Trial, trial, trial backer edition. edition. Yeah. On the Epic Game Store mm-hmm. only. Controversy right? there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Yo. What version are you getting? But yeah, Shenmue 3. Yeah. We Let's talk about Shenmue 3. Let's focus on Shenmue 3. We just streamed it. We played it. Uh-huh. Multiple it's... times, I think, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dude, I, I checked it. <laughs> first in English, second in Japanese. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, nice. Might as well. What was yeah. the better experience? They're both so different. You know, the English has the charm and, and the vibes, but the Japanese, because of like because of the language barrier, I think you can get away with more for me, where it's like it just seems more, like, intense. I mean, they could be, like, not... I don't know. So you're saying, like, it's harder for us to tell bad Japanese voice yes. acting compared to yes. English? Right, yes. right, right. I, yes. But, man... But the English the, is the, so... The English dub in Shenmue, yeah. 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 It's iconic. So. Right, 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 right. Uh, but, I mean, you you played it at E3. Yeah, this so it was... not your first time playing. Correct, yeah. So it was the same area, Bailu Village, same area, at uh, E3... It was 10 minutes. Mm. You can run around for 10 minutes. This was like a day in the village. So we were free to roam around, um, talk to people, explore. And gamble. Gamble, lose all of our cash. Mm-hmm. Brad won it all back in the turtle race, though. Yeah. That was tough. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and just... Wait, what race do you just Turtle. There's turtles races. You yeah. bet on a turtle, and then it's a mini game where you have to just keep mashing it's like the, a Mario bu- Party game. the button. The mini games were so freaking good. I want to race turtles. Yeah, it's delightful. Okay, so give me the breadth of the mini games. What are we talking about? Here? So we're talking about the horse stance, learning kung fu. You have to keep like uh, the meter will go down, and you have to keep it in the green line. So you're like 
pressing A accordingly to kind of keep it floating there. Yeah. There was the one-inch punch one, which is like these things that go like this, and as soon as they're together, you punch. Uh, there was the wood chopping one, where you're going like this, and you you like slam down on the wood. Okay. Mm-hmm. There was the turtle race. There was lucky hit. That sounds like a pretty reasonable amount of stuff yes. in this one trial area. Yeah. That's cool. So... I mean, there's nothing really new to say because it was like the same exact demo and there's no real story in this demo. It's like, yo, go find the man with the scar on his face. He's a bookie. Okay. That's the extent of the story, honestly. There's nothing else to really sink your teeth into. So it's purely just like feel the vibes, Mm -hmm. play with the mechanics. That's really what this demo is all about. So I have two questions. Yes. I feel like uh, a lot of the criticism that has been levied against Shenmue 3 outside of the Epic Game Store stuff is how it looks visually. Mm -hmm. What are your impressions with the trial version? I'm really, really happy with the way this game looks. I think it's improved each time it's been shown, which is really encouraging and really awesome, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, every time I see it, I'm like, oh, it looks even better now. Oh, it looks even better, which is great. Um, You know, it... I don't know how they did it brad and i just kept talking about it and when i played it at e3 same thing it's just i don't know how they freaking managed to pull it off it feels like a dreamcast game in the best way possible but also this is 2019 you know so Mm -hmm. it looks good it does look good for just a normal game i feel like the environments especially but it still has that dreamcast charm man it's so funny because I, i i feel like this exact sentiment yeah Almost in its entirety, except for the Dreamcast part, can be applied to, well, maybe even the Dreamcast part, can be applied to Bloodstained, where it just kept improving visually, yeah, yeah. and, it, and it, it has that classic feel to it in the best way like you were describing. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so it's interesting, Absolutely. both of these Kickstarter mm-hmm. games, uh, side by side, but anyway. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, nothing really new to report, uh, if you've been following the Shenmue impressions. I mean, the last time we did it was E3, mm-hmm. but at E3, the, the one new takeaway, at E3... I wasn't convinced on the combat. I was really nervous because I got thrown into it. It felt really weird. Combat this time, we got to train, we got mm-hmm. to spar, we got to fight. It felt good. You felt the sound effects, the music. Uh, you have like your moves and it's basically combo combos to do a move. So it'll be like, all right, tornado kick, A-A-X-X. So you do like pop, 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 pop. And then he'll do the tornado kick. But then you also have like punch, kick, block, uh, the blocking energy meter was really cool. It's mm-hmm. like every time you take a hit, your stamina goes down. So it's like you really got to time your blocks and dodges. Like it felt, it's not going to blow anyone away. It's not like the best combat by any means. I, but it, it was sounds an, like, like what you're saying is that it's a good evolution for Shenmue. I think so, yes. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. Especially going back and, and replaying one and two so, earlier this year. To me, it feels like Shenmue kind of, mm-hmm. but just a more refined version of it, how yeah. it feels. Movement feels really good. Rio is not nearly as cumbersome as in one and two. I felt, mm-hmm. I felt always in control. Much smoother, yeah. Looking at things and picking them up is so much easier compared mm-hmm. to one and two. Like We have all those 20 years of modern game conveniences that have evolved since two was released. Mm-hmm. So... It just it feels great, and I'm I'm ready. I think, it's here. I think something that's still remarkable about Shenmue One is is how minute it gets 
in its interactions with things, like even just exploring your home and, mm-hmm. and, and taking a look at different rooms and obviously going around the city and talking to everybody. It's just like so focused in trying to make this place feel as lived in and believable yeah. as possible. Do you feel mm-hmm. like that level of detail and quality is present in Shenmue 3? From the small demo we played, absolutely. The kids training martial arts in the courtyard, the woman in the house cooking. Mm-hmm. Like obviously if you go up to her, she's just like chopping and it's going through the carrot. Mm. She's not actually chopping the carrot, of course. There's right. some Kickstarter limitations or whatever you want to chalk it up to. You know, this isn't the highest budget game ever. Right. But... Uh, Things that I'm willing to forgive, like little things like that. Mm-hmm. But the, but it the sounds like it's trying to carry on the spirit of yeah. the game. Yeah. Okay. So really, the only thing left for me now is the end all be all. Can the story deliver? Right. That is, everything is in place now. I like the visuals. I like the mini games. I like the way it just looks and feels. All that stuff. So so good. Perfect. You know it's. Such a risky proposition, like right. continuing this saga twenty years later, like Kickstarter. All the there's been so many controversies. I feel like too with the game and Sony backing it, Epic Games. You know, there's so much weird stuff. Like this, this could have been a complete disaster. Mm-hmm. Everything right now feels good. It's just, can you get me invested in the story? Can can it be fulfilling and satisfying? Do you think you've heard enough dialogue from your time playing it? Or, or seen enough about how it presents itself that you you are confident that it will be able to deliver? Like, do you think... There were a couple moments where I kind of see it peeking out because Shenmue to me is about the quieter moments. Mm-hmm. It's about the bombs of wisdom people are dropping on you mm-hmm. and these long conversations with, you know, conversations with, like, a neighbor versus, right. like, you found this martial arts master and now you're going to have a very intimate conversation, you know? So like in the demo, we played a little bit of that kind of shine through, but again, this was very mechanical. It wasn't really story heavy. Yeah. So I need and crave and hope for those types of interactions with characters in this game. That's really the only thing left to prove to me now is can you get there? Can you make me emotional? (laughs) So I want to talk about uh, Metal Gear Solid 4. Sure. Really, really briefly. Sure. This um, is a pleasure. Yeah, and Metal, Metal Gear Solid 4 was a was a hard game for me. It was the it was like I got my PlayStation 3 with Metal Gear Solid 4. Mm-hmm. Same, same. I, I was it was a game that like I was just waiting for with braided breath. And yeah. I think it was like, hey, Metal Gear Solid 2 is going in a completely different direction than one. Three is obviously going back. And so it's like, hey, we're 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 wrapping it all Culmination. up. We're putting a, putting a bow on this. <laughs> and so I had huge expectations because I was so desperately invested in the story. Yeah. And it did a lot of great things. There are still standout, spectacular moments in Metal Gear Solid 4. But yes. there were things that they did with characters or the way they presented things or things I didn't like. Or I'm like, this doesn't feel quite right. Because it had, it had been so long. And I had such huge expectations on the yeah. story where, like... You know, you, you almost wonder, like, am I being, are my expectations maybe a little bit too high? I'm expecting too much? All this stuff. Those those sorts of thoughts creep in your brain. And so the reason I'm bringing all of this up yeah. is to ask you with Shenmue 3, when you've been waiting for so long, yeah. for so long, and now it's finally coming here, are, are you worried that maybe, like, 
it it won't be able to meet this years of of weight in your mind because you you want it to be mm. so satisfying, right? And, yeah. and Shinmu was supposed to be more than three games. Yeah. Right, which is another thing to consider. Yeah, now he even said, he's like, hey, when three's done, it's not the end. Mm-hmm. He's already said that, so it's like, when are, what yeah. are we getting into here? Yeah, there's definite concern, and I think I'm in a really, really good place with my expectations. Okay. Just because of everything about this game, I'm lucky that it even exists. Do you I'm think, lucky that we even get to continue Rio's journey. Do you think checking in with the development and kind of the Kickstarter process yeah. of being like, hey, here's where we are now, yep. kind of help that process along? I think so. Where it's not just like, hey, we're going to make Shenmue 3, see you later. Like, totally. You, 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 you've gotten updates along the yes, way. Yes, it's been a ri- their Kickstarter update like 160-something. <laughs> right, There's been right. so many. Mm. And yeah, just checking in, it's, you know, I'm... I'm I'm actually like weirdly, which is not usual usually the case. I'm a realist with this. You yeah, know? yeah. I'm. That's good. Yeah. it's not usually. The it's case, not yeah. usually the case, but I am a very. <laughs> I'm keeping my expectations and hype somehow in check, and I think it's honestly just because just lucky to be here. You mm-hmm. know, <laughs> just, just lucky mm-hmm. to be here. Just lucky to be here. It's good, good, yeah. good. I'm I'm glad you're in a good place. Yeah. I think that was. <laughs> I believe you. Yeah. I believe you when you say you're in a good place. Two months out. End of November. It's coming, dude. Two months. Shenmue 3 will be... I'm worried about your heart because <laughs> we've got Shenmue 3, and then by the time that it finally your heartbeat gets to a normal place, you're yeah. going to be in Last of Us 2. Then it's Last of Us 2. And, and then when that finally ends, it's like, oh, hey, Cyberpunk 2, don't forget about us. And I'll just be and playing that, Fantasy Star and being dude, like, February, nice Mar- job, Huber. February, March, <laughs> April, Last of Us, Final Fantasy 7, Cyberpunk. Dark too. <laughs> is when though? Uh, I, guess, January. I guess I just Please say, say I guess January. I, I guess I'm just thinking early next year, but I think that's just like me trying to yeah. will it into will existence. It existence. Let's sure will it to actually, January, I'm not sure dude. That's actually true. Let's yeah. put it in January. That'd be, nice. <laughs> that'd be, that'd be <laughs> great. That'd be great. January and then go into yeah. February. Let's yeah. just and then go into March with Cyberpunk yeah. 2077. And then I think you know, honestly, really. We just close up shop. We close up shop. You know, we'll be here look, back next year. Here's what they say. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you got to end on a high note. Yeah. Why? Why? Why not? Stop well, they're at probably the gonna end the generation like around that time. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's yeah, gonna yeah, be the we'll end. Be going yeah. right into the next yeah. generation. Yeah. Here we go. So the break a lot short. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, okay. Too good. Too good. Uh, I want to talk about Shantae and the Seven Sirens, uh, which yeah. is uh, in a really interesting spot because it's not completely out. But it came out with Apple Arcade, and it's not the full game. It is episode one. Is this exclusive to that? Right now, yes. Okay. It's the, only, it's the only way that you can play it right now is episode one on Apple Arcade, and you'll be able to play the full game and a bunch of other stuff later down the line. Really quick question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know I'm big on timelines. I've been trying. I've always been curious about Shanti and wanted to get into this. Yeah. But there's like nine of these games. Yeah. Where does this fall? Is this sequel, um, this prequel, is, this is, remake? I believe, this is the, I believe this is directly after Half Genie Hero. Nice. Uh, Which is directly after another one. Like, this is I am continuation. Check the Wikipedia. Ta- timeline yeah. st- I gotta be honest with you. Timeline and <laughs> story is not why I play Shantae. <laughs> so it's not like... The Shantae it's not like a universe. Still, yeah. my, my first Shantae was Shantae and the Pirate's Curse. And the reason why I'm playing this is I loved that game so much. I did it. Nice. Don't skip on it if you want to check out that video. And so I'm like, yeah, give me more Shantae. Because nice. um, there was one I wanted to get into, and I looked into it, and it was like it picks up immediately where this one left off. And then I was like, oh, well. 
<laughs> yeah, I can't. I can't speak mm, yeah. super authoritatively about the story of it's, Shantae, but it's, it's just my issue, man. It's, it's, it's on me. It's dude. not like like. <laughs> I know it's completely it's, it's unnecessary. It's just very charming, yeah. and it's I know. not. It, I know. Yeah, okay. I understand. I mean, it's me. it's just, I understand. You can hey, you can approach games however you want. <laughs> It's not why I'm playing Jante. Sure. Gotta be honest. I love the characters. I love the char, but it's not. I'm not like. What's Yo. gonna happen? <laughs> <laughs> it's not like that for me. It's not like that. And so I, I kind of actually want to talk about it from this perspective. And I have to say, um, this might just be a me thing, but I love the episodic structure because I was like, awesome. you know, I get to play like. Three or four hours, hours or something yeah. like that. A small, very small handful of hours, and then I'm out, and I'll see yeah. it for part two. My save data will carry over. So cool. It was just nice being like, okay, this wasn't a huge commitment. And not even that the full thing would be a huge commitment, but just like breaking it up and having something to look forward to in my current situation, that's a pretty swell deal. Mm. Yeah. Um, also, playing it on Apple Arcade with a controller, that was great. The only thing that I will say with Apple Arcade, if you are intending to play it this way, is the load times in between areas and fast traveling felt a little bit longer than they needed to be. Got it. Uh, where it was like, oh, yeah, we're loading. Yeah. Um, not ruinous, not absolutely terrible, mm-hmm. but uh, enough that I think it, it warrants mention. Noticeable. But it's funny, and maybe we should have done this back-to-back, I feel like so much of what we were talking about with River City Girls <laughs> is applicable to Shantae and the Seven Sirens, where... and and. And Shantae in general, I would I would assume, is just like these guys know exactly the type. This is a Metroidvania game, yes, absolutely, and they just make everything feel good, and they don't go out of their way to explain a whole lot because it's almost like they're reaching through the screen, being like, "Hey, man, we like games. We know you like games too. We know that you know how this works, and so we're just gonna make Shantae." feel fantastic to control. The way that you move throughout this is great. And you're going to get abilities that make it even... Doesn't it feel good just breezing through a world? Mm -hmm. Here's this ability where you can dash super fast. and We we know you just want to dash all the time. We know that when you play Ocarina of Time, you're just rolling all the time anyway. We're going to give you that feeling. And and I guess that's what I'm trying to say is there's, there's just really an awareness of what makes these games fun, and they capitalize on that. I do think... It can work against it a little bit, and I ran into this with Pirate's Curse as well, um, where it it is definitely a little bit overly cryptic, and there are things to kind of combat that, where it's like, hey, if I go into town and I talk to people, I can get a hint. But there are definitely times where it's like, wait, where do I need to go again? What thing do I need to do? What do you want me to grab? There is a little bit of that. So um, if that is off-putting to you, uh, know that that is there a little bit, and you might have to look something up if you get stuck. Uh, but, I, lo- I finally looked one thing up in Hollow Knight. I was like, dude, where do I go right now? I had to do a bit. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Don't no, no, no. no. It's okay. Me. <laughs> like, don't apologize. Yeah. I look up stuff yeah. in games. If you get stuck <laughs> and you're like, I, yeah. I need to move on, I don't think there's any shame in yeah. looking stuff up. Because you were like, yo, don't like try to keep a lot of the stuff hidden in Hollow Knight because there's so much like discovery, you know? Right, right. So it's right. like I don't want to like I, I think stumble upon something accidentally because like I, that magic is such a big part of it, you know? Everybody needs to draw their own line. Yeah. with every game, totally. And it's a case by case basis, and like it's okay. It's okay to look stuff up. Yeah. Like it, it's it's about enjoying the game, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I, I feel like the general mentality that I try to take. Uh, with games is it's you you if you are stuck and you're like okay I'm gonna try something and then you like don't try it 
and then you're like, okay, well, I'm out of ideas, and yeah. I don't know what to do. Yeah. Then it's like, okay, I, I, I made an effort to try to get going. Totally. And it just, it depends on how much time it has. It depends on how you're feeling. It depends on the game. Yeah. It depends on all those things. But, like, I am a literal believer in play what you want to play and play how you want to play. Yeah. Whatever. I'm not yeah. here to shame you yeah. or myself yeah. with how you play games. If you want to play on easy, that's fine. It's Throw okay. Throw it down on easy. You know, like, video games are meant to be enjoyed. It's okay. Yes. Calm down. Yes. That's how I feel. When anyway. you're not having fun, change it up. Right. Anyway, Shantae and the Seven Sirens. Um, going back to this, so I, I think generally if you want that kind of game, uh, it's really cool. And it's just, it, it does have incredible personality to it where... The tr- you when you get new abilities, it's like, oh, I'm transforming into this other little creature. I'm transforming into this newt, or I'm this drill, and I can dig through the sand. Awesome. Uh, and so, just visually, it looks really cool, and mechanically, it feels really cool. Um, and beyond that, I think, particularly like the the dungeons where you go and you fight a boss, are really really smart. Where it walks that line of like, okay, I. I get to explore a little bit. I get to, and this is just episode one, keep in mind. I get to explore a little bit and I have to figure some things out, but it's not so sprawling that I feel fatigued by the time I'm at the end of the dungeon. I'm like, that dungeon, and Link's Awakening actually gives you the exact same vibe where it's like, okay, I have to spend a little bit of time figuring this out, but it's not like I'm spending hours and hours and hours on this dungeon. Mm -hmm. Like I get in, I solve this thing. It feels really satisfying. They're different from each other. And I have to, uh, the final boss that you fight in this episode, I don't really want to spoil it, but I was like, this is just fantastic. Where I ran into it and I'm like, how do I hurt this thing? And I didn't know. And I thought about it and I tried this and I tried that. And then I'm like, wait, what about this? And it's it's one of those things where they give you enough variables that you might go through a process of figuring it out. But there are not so many variables that you feel completely overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. And then when I finally got it, I was like, oh, that's so clever. I had to pay attention to the environment, what the boss was doing, my situation, and then it happened, and so it was really satisfying. And again, I think it speaks to WayForward's game knowledge, where they've been doing this long enough, and they're big enough fans of games, they they know how to, for the most part, design very, very well, uh, just in terms of mechanics and bosses and environments and all that stuff. So, so it's, cool. just a, it's just a very cool game. Um, it's not perfect, though. There's this card mechanic that I think is like Cards. whatever. That's, cards, that's Brad. always an alarm in my yeah. head. Yeah. Oh, I saw the alarm bells yeah. go off immediately. Yeah, like, oh, so <laughs> it's it's this thing where you when you kill enemies, you'll collect cards of that enemy. And then if you collect enough of that cards of that enemy, you'll unlock like a little bonus that you can get where it's like, oh, I'm a little bit better at doing this, or I can do this new thing, or like, you know, spikes don't hurt me or whatever. And so you can equip three of these and they're just little boosts. It... It just sort of feels like it's there. It doesn't mm-hmm. feel like it's necessary. It feels like you can completely ignore it and you're not missing out on much. Because you still have the upgrades from the item shop, which do feel very dramatic. Yes. Where it's like, oh, hey, I, I can do more damage with my hair whip, or I can make my hair whip faster, or I can get these sub-weapons, or whatever. And so that's there. And this just feels like another system that I was like, oh, I completely forgot about this and I, I don't care. Like, yeah. it just isn't... I don't know. I, it didn't make a strong enough case for itself to me. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Shantae and the Seven Sirens. Um, Shantae is a series that, like, I've, I've been interested in since yeah. the Game Boy, and then I took the dive with Pirate's Curse, and I'm so super cool. glad I did. 
obviously can't speak to the whole series, but I really think this series is underappreciated, yeah. and I think a lot of people would like it. Just give it a chance. Totally. Yeah. Every time I see it, then I'm like, ah. Yeah. Same with uh, Wonder Boy and Monster Boy, whatever right. the whole right, franchise right. is. I want to jump in, but yeah, something something keeping me at bay. I don't know. This could be the one. Yeah. Give it a shot. All right. Uh, the last game that we're going to talk about. It's Huber. You just today hot off the presses hot again. Off the presses again. Just finished Astral Chain. Astral Chain. What did you think? Started high, ended low. Oh, <laughs> started high, well, ended low. I, it was funny because yeah. Uh, before I got you on this friend trip, I was like, man, I'm really excited to talk to Huber about friendship because I yeah. think he'll have a different take than me. Yeah. Because he's just so high in it right now. And then, yeah. And then you finished it. I'm like, oh no, we basically had the same experience. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um. It's really interesting because this game has, like, a lot of good things. There's a lot of good parts, right? Like, I like the cop drama part where I'm, like, investigating. I like the combat. It's phenomenal Platinum Games combat. Mm -hmm. I like this world we're in, this, like, futuristic arc city. Yes. I like... I like it, Mm -hmm. you know? And then... It just started getting too samey. Everything wasn't, like, gelling together. What, what do you think it is about the game that made it too samey for you? The level design destroyed me, dude. It got so boring, just really linear paths. Everything felt constrained and restricted. Mm. You keep going into this astral plane. Yes. It's all red. Yes. And just, it's a bore to navigate. It's just boring, dude. I don't like being in there. I want out. <laughs> well, it's... Get it's, me out. It's kind of frustrating because visually, it's extremely bland, and you really yeah. do go there all the time. Yeah. Uh, but... Mechanically, that is where you're solving, you're doing a lot of the non-combat, non-investigative things. You're doing a lot of the, like, platforming. You're doing a lot of the puzzle solving. And you're like, man, this stuff is kind of cool. I wish it just visually looked a little different. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, we were in some other place. Yeah, it's like, this place is fine sometimes. Totally. Yeah. And it's like, again, everything about this game is very sound, you know? They're good puzzles, wasn't stuck too long. It's just like, it looks so boring, dude. Get me out of here. You're like in this just red cube world. And it's like, jump up this block and then like move this block and then shoot that floating thing over there. And it's just like, oh. yeah, It just sounds like you go back to the well too you many times You go back to the well too it. many times. It loses so much steam, dude. It loses it. Yeah. Which is a shame because the main way for combat are the five beasts you get, or the five... Um, legions. Legions you get. So it's like every time you get a new legion, it's like, all right, combat's a little different. Like, this can do... Did you have a favorite legion? I really like the sword one. Uh, Axe, obviously, is cool, but there was something about the sword one that just you tell me you're a fan of Melgar Rising. Yeah, it just felt right. The pace of it, the flow, the look. I uh, had, like, double blades, you know, just, just really cool. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can do really cool things. Like, mm-hmm. you're chained up. Something charges at you. You can like move your legion across and then catch it with your chain and then throw it. That's cool. You can wrap your chain around enemies and it'll mm-hmm. restrict them. The combat, top notch, mm-hmm. top tier. Can't praise it enough. Fantastic. But just the game wore out its welcome, and I stopped having fun. So I I was playing on PT standard for half or a little more than half. Yeah. 
And I reached a point where I was like, man, I'm just not having fun. I really want to get back to Hollow Knight and Zelda. Like, I want to play Zelda. Bumped it down to casual. Ran through kind of the back half of the game. Mm-hmm. And don't regret it. Glad I finished it. But it made me think of, like, swimming in sevens. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> where it's, like, getting complicated now. Because there's, like, guilty pleasure swimming in sevens that are, like, not very good, but you still love them. Mm-hmm. But this game is, like, good, but I didn't have a good time, so I'm, like, not going to say I'm swimming in sevens, you know? Mm -hmm. It it just, like, made me think of that concept of, like, I could enjoy a worse game more than Mm -hmm. a better game. I don't know. Again, because I thought everything about this game was was good, mechanically. I think there's a lot of greatness in it. Yeah, yeah. And I I, I do agree with your point about the combat. And, And not just the combat, right? Like... I, I think it has to be more than just being mechanically satisfying. Mm-hmm. It has to you have to encounter things that are fun to fight in one way or another. And yeah. there are there are incredible boss fights yes. in Astral Chain. Yes. Uh just just one of them in, like halfway. You, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that combination of stuff is really fantastic. And I do agree with you. I think visually the world is really cool and there are Super endearing things about it. I do. I think. I think Lappy is a genuinely endearing character. Is that like a mascot? Yes. Yeah. Okay. That that like is kind of adorable and cute and <laughs> and presented well from yeah. beginning to end. Um, and just like, even exploring the city. Like the first time I got to the city, yeah. I was like, "Wow, this is so cool." Yeah. Visually, it looks so great. Right. And I. But I think. I think the the thing about Astral Chain that that is frustrating that, that yeah. is kind of picking at me is it feels like it. It does some things really, really well, but spreads itself too thin. Mm-hmm. And and it it would maybe be better if it was a was a more focused game. Yeah. Or like like it's fine that you're a lot of the missions felt really drawn out to me. Yes, dude. Uh where some baffling design decisions, Ben. Yeah. Like I didn't sign up for this mandatory stealth section. Sure. I didn't sign up for this. Yeah. And it's it's <laughs> I'm fine with that, and stealth is one of my favorite genres, but right. it's like, you have just let me fight against hundreds of enemies, dude, right. and now one single solitary guard discovering me is like a fail state, restart it? Right. I was like, I don't have the patience for this right now, because the the context is so off. Right. Uh, so in Banana 1, the scene that gets brought up a lot as being a low point in the game is the space area section. I don't even know if I remember that. Yeah, the space area section where it, it's just like, okay, this is, a, this is a neat thing to do, but it goes on for way too long. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I feel like Astral Chain has a lot of those space area sections where like, this is going on a little bit too long. We yeah. could be a little bit tighter here. This Dude. could be. And so I think that is where I'm coming from yeah. with it. There's a part where it's like, you have 10 minutes to clean up this uh, trash, basically, Brad. 10-minute counter. I'm, like, trying to clean up this trash, and it's the most annoying platforming. You not only have to navigate and, like, change it. It's very, like, you have to do everything right. You got to move your thing here, jump here, like, switch to this, use the cut move, get over here, like... Mm-hmm. It got like it got to a point where I was like, "It's so frustrating. I'm just gonna let the timer run out." So I'm literally just sitting here for six minutes, waiting for the timer to get out, so the person can come back and just like we can 
move on. Yeah. Just like weird Damn. design decisions like that. Like what? Yeah, I, I, I had kind of this, I was like, man, there, in terms of like side activities, man, there's a, there's a lot of different things that you're doing. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, try to balance this ice cream. Cool. Yeah. Uh, rearrange these cars. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, go chase after this person. So you're like, you're yeah. doing a lot of different things. But you reach a point and like, Yes, you can make the argument that a lot of it is side stuff, but it's like, okay, I want to, I want to engage with this stuff. Yeah. Then you reach a point where you're like, what? What am I doing? What am I doing? Like, why am I doing? Like, yeah. what? These just feel like tasks. Yes. Like, there's, there's nothing really here. No fulfillment. Right. It's, I'm it's, not it's, feeling it's, good about there's, it. There's, there's, there's <laughs> kind of this, this shallowness here that I wish was like a little bit better. And I think if I was more invested in the characters, mm-hmm. I felt more interested in the story. Mm-hmm. I, I, I felt more attached to it. I think it would land with me a little bit harder than it did, but it's like kind of what you're saying where it's like, I'm here for the aesthetic and I'm here for the combat. Mm -hmm. And that's really cool, but there's too much other stuff going on that I wish I cared more about. Really wish they would release a Bloody Palace standalone thing for this game Mm. so people could just jump in and play the combat because the combat is so awesome. It really, really is. Right. You know, just give give me an arena mode. And I'll like swap my legions around, chain up, combo combo, dash, sync attack, like ah, oh, good combat. And the music. The music in the police station, that one track. Yeah. Whoo, that is such a good track. <laughs> that is like my favorite track of 2019 so far. Wow. Love that crazy. track. Every time I'm I'm like, if you if you have me doing this in real life, you know, while I'm yeah. playing, if I'm actually doing and- this every time. You and got it, me. It fulfills the requirement <laughs> of a song like that where you spend, a, or I spent a lot of time in that police station. Yes. You're going there Never all the time. Mm-hmm. You're there talking to people. You're mm-hmm. buying stuff. Mm-hmm. It's your hub. You're returning there between missions. All that stuff. Yeah. And it doesn't get tiring. Nope. Yes. <laughs> I agree with you on that. Crave that song. Yeah. So it sounds like Astral Chain, you're happy you played it. I'm Got really, some problems. A lot. Yeah. Stopped yeah. having fun. A lot yeah. of problems. Maybe would, uh, would, would recommend it to action junkies. Mm. That's kind of my stance. If you're an action what junkie, about vamp action junkies, vamp action junkies, <laughs> yeah, cool, like Code Vein, you know, yeah. like Souls sure. junkies, yeah, sure, yeah. dive in. But uh, other than that, unless you are like die hard, need to play this combat, then uh, live maybe free not. or die hard. Yeah. Would you recommend this Otake? Oh my gosh. Try to do a cool. sharp one there. Um. So today, for the Hotake, um. I wanted to talk about the state of play and just not not only the state of play, but the interesting reactions to it, Um, where I think there was a lot of disappointment surrounding the state of play, uh, a lot of like, wow, this was underwhelming. And so I kind of wanted to talk to you not just about the state of play, but what these sort of direct from (laughs) game company things need to be. And, And how did you feel about state of play? And what are your expectations when a Microsoft or a Sony or a Nintendo gets out there and, hey, hey, we're having this special event, we're going to announce things. What do you think realistic expectations are? There's a a lot to unpack here. Yeah. um, I think it depends a lot of times on, like, what's around the corner of, like, what they have a hint of showing. Mm -hmm. Like, if there's a game on the horizon, like, we knew... Like, we knew Last of Us was going to be there. Confirmed, yes. So, like, that's really hype. Yeah. Yeah. But if it's just like some kind of like state of play or like a directed a weird time or maybe something I don't really care about, I'm just like, yeah, whatever. I don't know. I guess it just depends like around the time that it's out. Yeah. Because like I saw people were like, they should just do a press conference instead of, and it's like, 
they weren't going to do a press conference. Mm-hmm. This was just something they were just doing. They're, this doesn't replace anything they were doing. Yeah, exa- yeah, press conference is so much different. That takes so much more prep and setup and a live show and all this, whereas this is like, all right, we got all the trailers. A press conference is not guaranteed to be good. No, yeah, exactly. it's not. Yeah. There's a lot of dead time. Like, this is... I love these every time. Mm. I'm... Ju- I, bonds, dude. Like, there's no... I'm sorry. <laughs> Hear me out. Bonds. <laughs> There's nothing better than sharing these moments, dude. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's nowhere near as fun going I, on I to see. a going onto a website and seeing like, hey, Last of Us trailer. Yeah, no, 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 That's no, true. no. I took we a very are, cynical read on that. Yeah, we are all together here, here now watching this right. world premiere trailer together, sharing the moment. You're, you're talking about with us in the audience. Yeah. yeah. I thought you were talking about like my bond with this corporation. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. No, like, uh, th- and that's why I'm always for State of Plays and Nintendo Directs and Inside Xbox, like whatever it is. Right. Like, let's yeah. go. I think a lot of it's its presentation and yes. how long it is. Like yeah, sure. Some of the stuff they showed in like the, the MLB, the show, like some people, like I know Kyle was talking about like we didn't really need that trailer. Dude, like that. I'm, like, I'm, I'm bummed I wasn't there for that because that, I know nobody likes baseball, but that is a huge deal because that is the newest MLB free on plus, right. which is really unprecedented, dude. Giving away like no, the no, no, newest. No. It wasn't the fact of it being announced. Like, that's cool. Mm-hmm. But he was just saying like, we know what MLB the show is. It yeah. kind of just felt like a thing filling up time until we got to this certain got moment, got which I understand. Got it. Um, so I think so. There are a couple of, of thoughts that I had when formulating this otake that I wanted to run by you guys. Yes. Um, the first is that I feel like we are doomed to disappointment with the way things are going, and what I mean by that is people are always expecting a mic drop moment. Yeah. Yes. And, and it's like that is a problem. Right. It's a problem. Like that that can't happen, happen every time, all the time. Yeah. And I I love those moments too, mm-hmm. but I I think the more Two things. There can't always be a mic drop moment because those those are just hard to bring into existence mm-hmm. in general. But also, the more mic drop moments you have, I think like the more your expectation goes up for what it can be. And so I think the more crazy things that come into existence, and as has been happening, mm-hmm. the harder it is to impress people. Mm-hmm. And like, it's it's frustrating because I do think state of play is a good opportunity to show games that need attention that are these little indie games that don't have these massive franchises behind them. Arise looks so sick. Right, right, right. That's what I'm trying to say. I do think it's a good place for this. And people are just like, where is, you know... Where where is... (laughs) Yeah, so people were like saying, like, where is Fallout 7? I'm like... They right. just showed, showed it. that so like, much. This month they showed it. I do think we have to be receptive to new things. However, that being said... Sometimes I think maybe they could sell those new things mm-hmm. a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Where I appreciate the sentiment of like, hey, we're just going to show the trailer. We're going to let mm-hmm. the game speak for itself. I think that's a valid approach. But sometimes I see trailers for these games. It's like, this isn't going to stick with me. Like, I don't, I don't, I'm not grounded enough in, in what's going on there. Like, sometimes I just, I want somebody, like a creator, like, a, like I think about the Unravel guy getting out there mm-hmm. and and seeing him you were, you were talking about the passion of creators and how far that can go and people being like this is my vision for this thing and how effective that can be sometimes I want a little bit more of that where it's like this is why we're doing this this is what what we're trying to share with the world sure um, I think Sea of Solitude also was very effective at that um, and so sometimes that's what um, Inside games, Xbox was doing a lot of is like mm, they I would talk about, I watched yeah. like some of it and they'd 
John show game than like have a developer talking about it. Problem inside Xbox is I feel like is like their whole approach of like how they talk about stuff, like bouncing from host to host to host to host, mm-hmm. and like these jokes in it, like scripted events. Like that could be fine after a while, but I feel like it just goes on a little too long. Some of the interviews go on a little too long. It just feels very, very. It feels. It feels forced. For yes. Me, for me, I think the state of plays work so well. And like E3, because it's so like tight, because mm-hmm. we're sharing this moment and it's like boom, 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 boom. Whereas something like that, I kind of want to do that on my own. You know, if John Bernthal is going to get up there and talk about Ghost Recon for 20 minutes and take a deep dive, mm-hmm. that's not something we can really share. Like this, this requires a way more attention to listen to this conversation. It's more like watching rather than like. Hit him with the trailer. Hit him with the trailer. Hit him with you know. Right. It just seems like it's uh, it requires more focus yeah, to I watch. I think it's better when they do that kind of stuff like in an edited format, like mm-hmm. when right. Sakurai yeah. talks about like a smash thing. Right. Or even and I, when they did that deep dive on Final Fantasy VII, I guess at E3, where it was like all in a video, but it was a little more cut together and uh, seamless, I guess. To to maybe offer a, a more nuanced perspective to what I was saying earlier, I think what I mean is I, I don't. I don't want it to be a, a catch-all format. I think just showing a game or even just showing it briefly can be really captivating and mm-hmm. intriguing on its own. I don't want everything to be the same. I think my sentiment of like, oh, I want a little bit more of this is like when, you, when you're doing State of Play, it was like, what, 20 minutes? Yes. And you, you, you only have so much to talk about and maybe you don't have like mega crazy or super unexpected announcements. It's like, all right, I don't... I don't need to know what's on PS Plus this month. Mm-hmm. I don't sure. need to see a special edition of a console. Mm-hmm. Like, that that stuff just, from my perspective, feels a lot less interesting where maybe we could amplify the, the mm-hmm. super cool stuff that we do have. See, I'm coming from the world of Grunbaum where <laughs> he does not have Last of Us Remastered and he took finally a year off of the show, mm-hmm. lucky him, because this is... He's freaking out. This mm-hmm. was like that was the PS Plus was the main takeaway the main from yeah. my friend sure. who was like, "Oh my god, the newest show, dude, for free!" Like right. this is a game he loves and plays so much, but he couldn't pony up sixty bucks and that's to buy a really the new iteration. Perspective to have, yeah. mm-hmm. right? Because because so. and we're we're coming from a, like an always plugged in like yes, mm-hmm. we've got it all. Yeah, 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 yeah. right, yeah. right. Which is a very privileged position to totally. come from. And so it is. I think it is really good to bring up that perspective. Yeah. Yeah, I think this particular state of play just everyone had this ex- expectation of Batman. I think Batman and I think was the really only it. reason this whole thing. <laughs> the yeah. way those yeah. like tweets came out yeah. and the timing of the state well, of play. Well, yeah, was, exactly. Yeah, That's yeah, why yeah, everyone yeah. was thinking that. Yeah. But when they right. just didn't, there people were ultimately disappointed and upset. Yeah. So I think that was a big my, factor. My mentality, my mindset that has done wonders hmm. for press conferences, state of plays, what have you. All we need is one. All we need is one. Keep my expectations in check. Give me one awesome thing, and I'm happy. Mm. This time, mm. this time, we knew Last of Us Part Two was there, so it was mm-hmm. like, okay, no matter what, this is awesome. We get to see Last of Us. Mm-hmm. It's already cool. Anything else is a bonus. We see a rise. I'm like, cool. Mm-hmm. We got a cool new game. We got to see Last of Us. Victory. Sure, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's I, it's not E3. It's right. Middle of it's September. Not, yeah. Right, and again, I think this is another statement that comes with the caveat of like well there are people coming from very different perspectives mm-hmm. that do need this True. but my thing with the last of us 2 and the second point that I actually wanted to bring up is sometimes it can feel like 
the the sort of process of a game being announced and talked about can just feel so long. And when that happens over and over and over again, if you are plugged in the way that we are, I like with Last of Us 2, it's not that this new stuff doesn't look great, but I'm at a point where like I I know like you showing me a trailer like is I'm going to play the game I'm already going to play the game yeah. and so I don't really need to see any more trailers. True. I think what is valuable is someone getting their hands on it and that is more interesting to me where it's like mm-hmm. okay, you've seen it. You've seen the tone that it's going to present. Here is somebody giving their impressions. They liked about it, didn't like about it. That I really value. But like Yes, I liked the new Last of Us 2 trailer. It didn't move the needle for me in any way because I already played and loved The Last of Us 1, yeah. and so I, I know I'm there. Obviously, people are going to be coming at it from a bunch of different perspectives, mm-hmm. but there's, there's a part of me that's like, let's let's yeah. do something else. Let's, let's maybe use this opportunity to highlight something that I don't know that I'm on board for or something. And obviously, that's partly a selfish perspective, but I have to come at it from my own point of view. Totally. Right? So. Yeah. It's all just expectations, and mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, if you show me one sick thing, man, like, I'm happy. There's right. never any guarantees in the video game industry. It feels like there are now because we're getting all of our dreams, you know? So when something doesn't go right, it's, like, weird now because everything's going right. We're just getting yeah. so many great games. Mm-hmm. And so many things are happening, dude. You're getting Fantasy Star Online, Ben. <laughs> like, that's yeah. that's the world we live in now. So we don't live in it now. It'd be cool <laughs> if we lived in it now. But it's uh, coming though. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um Yeah, do do you think so Huber, I I think you're you're being very reasonable about this, but I want you to think to yourself like is there is there a way state of play can be better for you? Can it be more interesting? I think I would like a host. I think I want someone coming out and being like, "Hey, welcome to the state of play. A mm-hmm. little more talk to me, you know? I think the, the the narrator is fine, but there's a disconnect there. So it's really just like I'm watching a, a scissor, sizzle reel or a trailer reel, mm-hmm. you know? Whereas I could use a little more personality, maybe. Yeah, it, it If I'm feels, nitpicking, yeah. sure. No, I... I don't even think that's a nitpick. Yeah. It's pretty sterile. Mm-hmm. It's pretty sterile. It yeah. could be better. For sure. It could be better. Mm-hmm. I like... I don't want that. Okay. I don't really want like a host talking to me. I think Even the, like, the I think then style? just deciding what oh, I think that's fine if you have like an iconic person or maybe someone who's really involved with the project, mm-hmm. but it's just like a, a random host that doesn't have any connection to Ooh. it. You just you you made me think of something. How what? about that? What if for each game somebody came out and talked about and it and talked really quickly? Sure. So like someone that worked on Arise comes out and be like, hey everyone, check out this thing that's coming. Then that would set it apart from Nintendo Direct. Sure. Instead of just, you I know. think it could be better if they could just figure out what to focus the resources on with this, with a particular state of play. Like, which games do you choose to focus on more than others? Right. That's what I think could really help strengthen it. Like showing you more of some game that you don't know really anything about and how they're going about it, as opposed to just showing you a trailer to a game that's already out. Like, is the PS Plus thing? Like, it's cool. The game's mm-hmm. awesome. Like, it's great. But it's not the trailer that gets you excited. It's the fact that it's available that gets you excited. Yeah. Like, it's a, that was a commercial. Yeah, that was just a commercial. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Straight up. Yeah. Do you think maybe what is in the state of play and the structure and all this stuff, do you think it, it, it it's possibly like an end-of-generation thing as well, where if if... 
Sony had started doing these state of play sooner, and we were doing this maybe a year or two ago, or were we doing this a year ago? But but you get the general point that I'm trying to make. Where do you think there's maybe less excitement because we're reaching the end, and so yeah, honestly, you look at the heavy hitters left on in this generation, essentially. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people have their mind made up on them. You're either in or out for Death Stranding. You're in for the you're just in for the mm-hmm. Last of Us Part Two. You're in for Cyberpunk. Like, I think a lot of these games now that are coming out, like aside from Ghost of Tsushima, a lot of us have our minds made up, and we don't need to see any more, really. So maybe because of that, Ben, we're looking for new stuff. We want surprises. We want. Batman. We want something new to come out, mm-hmm. whether right. it's a new sequel or a brand new game. We're looking for that. Whereas it's whereas like people maybe are disappointed in this because like they already have their minds made up on Last of Us. Like cool trailer, but again, like you said, I'm already in. Well, it's so it, in a lot of ways it does feel like kind of a lose lose situation where you, you in mass you kind of want everything all at once. Where it's like okay, I want a big crazy new announcement that is like. Maybe an awesome remake, but I also want a brand new, awesome, big, expensive, new game that I've never seen before. But I also want an update on that game I heard about a while ago. Mm-hmm. Is that still happening? But I also want a, a new trailer game. for this game that's coming out in a month. And or and I also want a shadow drop. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. and I it's also want a big much. new feature for my system. Yeah. And I also like they're just so many things that it could uh-huh. be and I think it's just like because all of those notes have been hit by different companies in different ways like it kind of creates this amalgam of expectations where it's like well why aren't you doing that where's yeah. Ghost of Tsushima come yeah. on where is it you know mm-hmm. it, it, it it creates holes yeah you know and for me when a, when a press conference doesn't go the right way or in a state of play is like meh like that's good do you want to know why because it can be more hyped for when it is good, mm. you know? The not good ones kind of fill up the tank, so when we finally get that good one, it's electric, yeah. it's magic. I, man, I wish they I had that ability. All, they I, can't all be winners, you know? Yeah. They just they can't, they can't, they, they cannot. absolutely cannot all be winners. I 100% agree with you, but the, the bad ones don't fill up my tank. <laughs> fill it up. <laughs> Filling them up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it's a good, it's a good, I'm glad that that happens for you. Um... But it is weird yeah. that there was disappointment because it's like... I think it was Batman all, a lot. It was Batman. It was Batman a lot. Because like, we're, we're all here for the last of us part two, right? This this is not direct. Like, we're why. here for the last of us part two. Yeah, that's why we all are tuning into when, the state Before of the show, you were talking about like something about the way the kills were, and I was like, don't, yeah. I don't, I don't want to know anything. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I do what I don't. Yeah. But I'm in, is what I'm, I'm saying. I'm sad I didn't we're bring gonna talk about it. What's that? I'm sad I didn't bring that up in my preview. I forgot. Well, you can bring Just it up now. The detail of the blood from a corpse <laughs> going uh, slowly spreading into the snow. Mind blowing details, dude. Mind blowing blood. Good blood physics. Good blood <laughs> physics. Like legit, the the body's there, and I stand over the body because I'm taking a knee, taking environmental knees. I'm taking gore knees. I'm taking all the knees. knees. I stand over the corpse and the blood just slowly goes into the snow in in such a realistic way. Just get out of here, man. (laughs) When you can impress Mike on the gore, I think you did a good job. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know if it's Resident Evil 2 gore yet. It's I don't think it's that kind of <laughs> thing. They don't have that wet gore. I feel like you yeah. need a show called Gore Factory. Gore Factory. It's a good one. Um, 
not directly related to state of play, but do you ever run into the dilemma that you're like, okay, I don't need to know anymore, but yeah. I want the thing so bad that I'm going to take a peek. <laughs> and you're like, wow, that's really cool. Oh, I shouldn't have done that. Yeah. There's a, it's, it's like a, it's a vicious cycle. There's a limit for me. It's usually how far out something is. Mm-hmm. So we're like five months out from Last of Us. Now I'm done. Mm. Death Stranding was like same thing, five because, months, four months, done. Yeah, you paid attention to the position of the moon. Yeah. And you were like, ah, it's in that position. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like Cyberpunk is time not to look. Cyberpunk is still like yeah. seven, eight months. So like I'll watch probably one more Cyberpunk. We're by still the, by a ways. years over. Yeah, by the time we're in twenty twenty, like it's no over. more, no more, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna say something because I, I I feel like people saying they're in for something or out for something mm-hmm. as soon as possible mm-hmm. is like a thing because of the internet hmm. and just general stuff. Sure. I don't know that. I I, I think it is true for some people, of course, but I think I think people can be swayed more easily than than they initially let on. Sure. I think like. For example, I let's just take it, let's just take so it. Yeah, exactly. I can as well. Yeah. I think take like take Death Stranding for example. Yeah. I think a lot of people are like this is I don't I don't understand this. I don't like this. I don't get it. I'm so out. Mm-hmm. And then like maybe a review will come out that will articulate it to you in a way where you're like, "Oh, huh. I'm in." Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it could go the exact opposite way. Totally. Well. Ooh, I'm out. Yeah. But like I don't know. Give things time. Yeah, yeah, it's something out. Be yet. willing to change your opinion. Exactly, that's Be very willing to change your opinion is great. Very bland advice, but no, yeah. Are we ready for some emails? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Oh god damn it! Now I'm thinking about Last of Us again. Why'd you do this? I was man? free thinking for about like, Last of Us again. I was free for like 40 minutes there. No, yeah. I, I give you, back. I give you two and a half minutes tops. <sighs> the only way to combat it, I was telling Brad, the only way to combat it for me right now is to play something of, like, equal quality, something revered. So it's like, all right, I got to hop back into God of War now. Mm. I got to hop back into Breath of the Wild or something. <laughs> like, Witcher 3, man. Give me something. I feel like <laughs> I feel like you're making your own conspiracies for yourself, like, for your own self-benefit, where you're like, I, I secretly, I want to jump into back into God of War, so I'm True. going to construct this narrative <laughs> that... I need to do this to stay away from the last of the slots. It's like, it's like most conspiracy theorists are like just trying to uncover some insidious plot, and you're just like, <laughs> I just need to construct a way to play God of War again. How do I play God of War? Yeah, I think uh, Huber just sets strange rules and restrictions <laughs> upon himself Parameters. for some reason. Hey, man, you got to do what the moon says. I'm just joking around. But uh, our first email comes... Wait, really quickly. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. It's Huber syndroming out. Uh, what is What game do you want right now more than any other game that comes out in 2019? Oh, it has to be a game that exists. 2019. Yeah. Oh, it exists. In 2019. The rest of the year, what's the number one game right now you want to play or you... Yeah. Even it could be it could even be out. Mm-hmm. It's already out, or it's coming a game out. in twenty nineteen. Twenty nineteen game the, you really want to play more than anything. There, the, uh, I so bad when it comes to picking one. But yeah, of course. There, there are two that I want for completely different reasons. Name them. I'll like, give you two for sure. Okay, Doom Eternal. Yeah. Because like I keep forgetting like, about it. Oh my god. I just I believe. <laughs> yeah. 
Death Stranding because I just want to know. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Redalus? Uh, I'm actually really excited for Star Wars. Nice. Yeah. So yeah. Sweet. I, I really want to play that game. Yeah. So, okay. Like, I really need a good... I, I don't need... I really want a great Star Wars game. Yeah. It's been a while for me. Yeah. So, I'm ready. Yeah. And Respawn is a great developer, so... Nice. Looking forward to see what they bring. For me, probably Shenmue 3. Yeah. And Death Stranding too, because I'm so curious. Yeah, I need. Yeah, to, I mean, like, I'm super so curious about Death Stranding. Fresh, like, yeah, like that's exciting. Yeah, it, with Death Stranding, is like, is it good? Sweet, I can move on. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. is it bad? Good, I can move on. Yeah, I just want to know. We need closure. <laughs> yes, <I do. laughs> yeah, yeah, I just want to know. Okay, thank you. Uh, for I need to do me. a new timestamp for our emails because that one is not accurate. Okay. <laughs> All right, our first email comes in from Rice Pudding, who says, Hello, Alice. Hello. With the recent release date, announcement of The Last of Us Part 2, I've been, <laughs> <laughs> I've, been, <laughs> I've been thinking back to the release of the first game. The Last of Us came out when I was 13 years old and unfortunately broke my parents' strict rule of no M-rated games. I remember asking my dad if I could get it, and it was a pretty firm no. However, mm. after explaining to him that it was made by Naughty Dog, the same people who made my favorite game at the time, Uncharted 2... He reconsidered his decision. Wasn't Uncharted 2 M as well? Team. Yeah, I think it's team. Oh. Team for team. Well, there you go. We, we went out and bought the game on release day. And I was happier than ever. Unfortunately, my dad decided to watch the beginning of the game oh. with me to see if it was okay to play. Oh. This is a really good email. Within the first 20 minutes oh. of the game, he told me to turn it off and he returned it to the store. Oh. I was completely devastated. And the perfect reviews... Definitely didn't help me get over it. A few years later, I finally got to play it on PS4, but the initial launch of the game is stuck in my mind as being a pretty bad day. Have any of you had a similar experience, a brand new game you wanted so bad, but that pesky M rating was keeping it away from you? I'd love to hear if any of you experienced this. Thanks, love, and respect. This is so bizarre. So my parents are amazing with uh, letting me play the graphic stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm playing... Couldn't tell. And it's because of my older brother, like, three years older, so I kind of get, you know... Right. I have that head start, you know? It was like, all right, he's the one convincing Mortal Kombat, Genesis, Blood Code, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, like, I had that advantage. Um, but never any things with video games. Like, my mom knows Resident Evil is my favorite thing. Like, you know, as a kid, too, growing up, like, we, my mom and I have a bond with I, Resident Evil. I wouldn't <laughs> yeah. be surprised if your mom could, like, go into detail about Resident Evil lore. Yeah. <laughs> Baby um, bird! <laughs> but I'll never forget, whatever reason... I wasn't allowed to see one particular film in the movie theaters when it came out because my mom was worried I was going to be too scared for whatever reason, even though I had seen... Even though you killed, like, three people. Even though I had seen, like, (laughs) True Lies and stuff in the theater, my mom didn't let me see... Jurassic Park. Oh, really? Yes. Wow. That's a big one. And I, again, that came out in the 90s, and here we are in 2019, and I'll never forget. I'm surprised of all the things. Of all the things. That's, we still talk about it as a family. (laughs) My dad, my dad was like, my dad was like, yo, I had your back on that one. I had your back. Yeah. We still talk about it. It it gets like brought up randomly. Uh Because we talk about like. My dad and my parents taking me to, like, R-rated movies and maybe getting, like, dirty looks because, like, the movie is, like, pretty graphic, you know? Yeah. yeah. But my mom's m- my mom's mindset was always, like, you can tell the difference between 
reality and a video game or yeah. reality and a movie. I just want you to be sure you can tell the difference, right? It's like 100%. Like, yeah. this, is, this is not real. But for whatever reason, Jurassic Park was off limits, had to wait until recently. How recently? Within maybe the last five or ten years when they released it in 3D. Mm. Re-released it in the theaters. So I dove in. I was like, oh, now's my chance. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't think there was ever a time where I was restricted from seeing something or playing something cool. when I think about it. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. here's the thing, okay? Yeah. So there's two things uh, options I had. Older was, brother as well. Matt, my brother, didn't really come into a factor a lot of hmm. this stuff because when games became 3D, like N64, my brother was like out. He was yeah. done with games. But I always went to my dad more so of these things. My dad was so cool about stuff like that. like Because my, my dad's mentality was always like, yeah, it's a video game. It's exactly. fine. Like, you know, you yeah. know. And my mom was like totally fine with it too most of the time. But sometimes she'd be like, I don't know. It's kind of bloody or something like that. Mortal Kombat. But my dad's like, yeah, it's okay. The, <laughs> I think one time with GTA, my dad like kind of knew what it was. Yeah, he's like, "Are you sure you want this?" And I was like, "Yeah, it's awesome." And he's like, "Okay," yeah. and like that was kind of it. Yeah. It was never like, "Son, you can't watch this. You can't play this because it's too violent." Yeah, mm. my parents were always like, "It's not real. It's fine. It's sure. not like, it's not affecting me in any way. It's not like messing anything up for me. So it's fine." But yeah, I didn't really have anything like that. Like, you're going to think I'm sick and twisted, but uh, I'll just tell you anyway. Classic humor moment. GTA 3. Mm -hmm. I'm like, hey, mom, check this out. <laughs> just bashing civilians with a baseball bat. Like, Did she say at least it's not dinosaurs? Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, you know in GTA 3, dude, when yeah. the body's yeah, on the yeah, ground yeah. and you can just keep hitting yeah, it with a bat. I'm aware. Yeah, my mom's just like, oh my gosh, like, Michael, Michael, come on, <laughs> Michael, please, Michael, stop it. And I, and I'm like, mom, I know it's just a video game. Like, I I reassure her too, and she's like, okay, like, <laughs> come on now, mom, <laughs> check this. Out. Yeah, yeah. like you could have, she could have not known mm -hmm. that you yeah. did that. Yeah. And I think that helped, though, too, the openness. Oh, right. mm -hmm. sure. yeah. yeah. My daughter, I not, definitely think that helped. I'm not hiding anything. Right. Yeah, like, I, I wasn't either, yeah. She's yeah. just like, um, I don't know, like, games, I don't know if I played a ton of, like, gory games, though, growing up. When I think about it, like, well, I, it, it's hard what's now. Gory, like, yes, the gore, what gore yeah. now is compared to, like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, the blood um, going into the snow. Everything's just so realistic now. Like, I wasn't playing something, like, super intense, like The Last of Us, where, like, yeah. I, you could literally see the life leave yeah. their eyes yeah. as you're choking them out yeah. or something like that. Honestly, like, what and was... And I'm, like, 10, and be like, cool, or anything yeah. like that. Like, I, uh, what was the most graphic stuff? Just Doom. Mortal Kombat. I mean, Doom. I think once we hit the yeah. GTA era, like then you then you have a. But a, we were kind in a, of a, we were in high school at that point. True. Right. It, yeah. Yes, we were older. Well, in, with GTA, I was GTA three. I was. But in I remember school. we were in high school with GTA. Yeah. But, so yeah. So were for we? for me, yeah, man, I feel it was like PS2. dude. I feel like coming to middle school. Because at Cody... Least, at least San Andreas was... San Andreas, for sure. Was San high school. Andreas was... Maybe three... I remember coming to middle school, Maybe though. three and Vice City were junior high for us. Yeah. I don't know. Sometime in the past. Sometime in the youthful past. But, like, past. Vice City for me was, like, my dad and my mom being like, oh, cool music. Good yeah. soundtrack. <laughs> That's what it was <laughs> like nice. for us. Yeah. <laughs> nice. I wouldn't trade my experience for the world. So my parents were actually really strict. They <laughs> had a no M-rated game policy. Got it. Uh... When I was a kid, and they, they really paid attention to that stuff. Yeah. But it just made the moments where 
it broke that much cooler going over to a friend's house and playing Mortal Kombat and being like, oh man, cool, I get to do this. It just it just added to the sensation. Mm-hmm. And not to sound like a broken record, but it's really true. They, you know, not didn't have all the money in the world, right? So heavily right. relied on demo discs to play yeah. more stuff. Yeah. Played the demo of Metal Gear Solid One. I was like, this is the greatest thing ever. I need to play it. Mm-hmm. M rated. That's a problem. I had to like go on a political campaign. Yeah. It was like it was like wearing them down. Yeah. Being like, this has to happen. This has to happen. It took a. It took a. I don't remember how long it took, but it took a period of time. Yeah. Finally broke them down. Got to play Metal Gear Solid. Sick. I was like, this was this worth it. it, right? And it just it just felt like that. I, another one, not video game related, but I remember going over to a friend's house for like a birthday party or something, watching Deep Blue Sea. Oh, man. Nice. And and just, be, okay, I had not seen gore like that in a movie. Yeah. Uh, my Pretty dad bloody. and I would really bond over action movies, but the way that he would get around is we'd watch them on TV. So they'd sure. get edited. Got it. So we did like a lot of TNT. Got it. TNT. TNT. But going over there and watching Deep Blue Sea and watching the shark like mess up those people, I was like, whoa. Mm -hmm. It was like a mixture of like being kind of excited and kind of disturbed. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I remember getting my first job and it being like, oh man, like. All these just, games. Right, yeah, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna buy that stuff. And it was just so exciting having mm-hmm. that freedom and having that liberation. And I I don't think I've ever really gotten over that. Like I love the the fact, even to this day, that I'm like, oh man, like I just buy the game. Like I couldn't do that before. Yeah. It still feels kind of cool. But I, I do kind of miss those moments. Like nothing is shocking. Like it's very rare that I and it's so sad. It's very rare that I see some like fictional act of violence and I'm like oh whoa like it, mm-hmm. it happens sometimes but not, not that often too desensitized just so. wait till February 21st <laughs> yeah it's gonna be disturbing <laughs> probably is gonna be disturbing yeah I'm sure in like a really sad way yeah, yeah. it is alright um, our next email comes in from Seth he says poor choices ruin another promising Call of Duty title oh whoa Hello, allies. With just under a month to go before the release of Call of Duty Modern Warfare, it seems the game is crumbling before our very eyes. What was supposed to be a breath of fresh air for a franchise that has more than overstayed its welcome is now being tainted but what can only be described as stupid decisions by higher-ups. It's just absurd. This year's installment is admittedly the first one in years since the Xbox 360 days I've been excited for, but now that feeling has faded. Hmm. Excuse me. Very credible leakers and sources have reported that this game will have a very unfair loot box system (laughs) and was just changed prior to launch. Apparently, Infinity Ward had a fair salvage system in place, but had to remove it and implement more things in the loot boxes, some of which are weapons, operators, gesture titles, and even sprays. It appears the developer's promise, vision, and overall dedication to making a great game that's fair, fun, and rewarding has been compromised by higher-ups in order to make more money. It's absolutely sickening. I played the beta, and you could tell Infinity Ward pour their heart and souls into this game with a brand new engine, great sound design, and visuals. Such good sound. It is very... Thank you for calling that out. Yes, you're right. Uh, And a very fun shooter overall. I was excited to enjoy a Call of Duty title again, but this just ruins it for me. So here's the question I have for you and the panel. I apologize for the long sign-up. I want to support this developer, but cannot stand how Activision is meddling with the game. I think the game is super fun to play and feels great, but I think the implementation of weapons and operators and loot boxes is greedy and rewarding. It's basically a pay-to-win system and completely undercuts the vision mm. the developers were going for. Is, it? is purchasing 
is purchasing this game wrong or should I just pass on it? What can possibly be done to send the message to Activision that this and the one-year exclusive PS4 um, content uh, isn't okay? It's not fair that these developers who genuinely care about their game and audience have to face this kind of backlash, but it almost seems like something that needs to be done to get rid of these awful choices being made just to make it easy, just to make easy passive income. I'm very confused right now. So I'm extremely. I was, I was actually hesitant okay. to read this email on okay. Frame Trap for two reasons. One, leaks rumors. and rumors. Yes. yes. This game isn't out yet. Yeah. And so I, 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 I'm hesitant to being like, oh, I, I don't want to slam the gavel down on this being awful when we don't know for sure yet. Yeah. The other thing is is Infinity Ward got out there on Reddit and and basically said like, "Hey, people above our pay grade." No, they're yeah, just he like, said that on "Oh, Twitter. did he? Yeah. Did he? Oh, okay. Pe- decisions by people above our pay grade." Okay. Whoa. So there are the, okay, yes, so that lends tweets credi- out there. Yeah. This lend that lends credibility to this. I don't know if it was about necessarily that though. I think it might have been about the uh the exclusive like uh is it spec ops i think it is exclusive the like the year, the year long right, right, it's a right, year right. exclusive thing well there was there was a reddit post by an infinity war developer where it, it, it was kind of vaguely talking about like hey there's a lot of stuff out there mm-hmm. um maybe maybe take it with a grain of salt i'm heavily paraphrasing what this reddit post said but I, I think the general thing that I'm trying to say is this game is out, not out yet. We don't know for sure. Right. However, I ultimately decided to bring it up because it's not like this is Activision or even Call of Duty's first go around. Right. Yeah. We have very recent examples of things looking very bad. Uh, I think Crash Team Racing is a good example to bring up and people's frustrations regarding that. Um, what were the frustrations? Where they it got... Like, the game came out, got all this praise, and then it got more insidious over time. Oh. That's what Call of Duty Black Ops 4 was, too, right? They added, like, right. they added not later. They added later. Yeah. Yeah. That set up, but yes. Yes. But a lot yes. of that stuff, I feel like, was just cosmetics. I don't know I if it was. Confirm. But that's, but that's the, part of the frustration of this, is it doesn't always feel transparent, and, yeah. uh, and it especially doesn't always feel immediately transparent when the game is coming out, or before when the game is coming out. I feel like there's... Like they're not getting out there and explicitly saying, "Hey, yeah, man, this purpose. is this is how it's." Yes, they they keep it as vague as possible. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they don't even go the full extent of it, and then the game comes out, and then that stuff sneaks in, mm-hmm. and it just like it just feels all sorts of bad and unnecessary, especially when these games are otherwise great, mm-hmm. and that's what makes it so frustrating. And I I I want to speak to Seth's confliction because I think it is very valid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, microtransactions are kind of annoying usually. Mm-hmm. Like they annoy yeah. me. Um, if they're just cosmetics, I don't care. Hmm. Do what you got to do. Whatever, man. Like, you want a cool little purple hat in a loot box? Go for it. Like, I can only speak for myself, where if it's all cosmetics, I'm going to play the game normally and not overthink it and not worry about it personally. Once you start getting in to weapons and abilities and killstreaks, that's a complete Battlefront 2, then it's a completely different thing. Then it is a big, big, big problem. Like Battlefront 2, when it launched, Mm -hmm. you pay a bunch of money, your grenade just does more damage over a wider radius. You have a clear advantage because you're willing to drop a bunch of hard-earned cash in there, you know? I'm going to push back against that a little bit because I, I, I feel like... 
It depends on the game. Mm-hmm. There are some games that have cosmetic DLC. I was like, why would I even want that anyway? That just looks like garish and awful. Yeah, I usually don't care. But, I'm usually cool with like some of the first cosmetic unlocks. But then I think about a game like Overwatch where the outfits are so amazing. Incredible. And I feel like I've run into that position where it's like, man, this is so cool. I really like this character right now. Oh, I hope I get it. I guess I'm just going to buy some loot boxes. But I think Overwatch, like, I, I like it because... There's so many heroes in that game, but I only play a few. I haven't played in years, by the way. But when I was playing, it's like, all right, I got my Roadhog. I got my Junkrat. I got a couple of people. Yeah. Reinhardt, obviously. At least I can get coins. Mm-hmm. And if I really, really want something, I can set my sights on it. So it's like, all right, I'm going to just save up my coins. I get some trash from loot boxes. But, but <laughs> at the same time, it's like, all right, I got the one Reinhardt skin I care about. And then literally I stopped caring about loot boxes in Overwatch because I got the one Reinhardt skin I wanted. But don't you think on some level, though, that maybe maybe we're just, like, uncomfortably making peace with it, like, uncomfortably swallowing it, where it's like, well, you know, I guess it's yeah. not so bad. That's a weird thing True. to say about a game that you spend $60 on. Where Correct. Like, 100%. I guess, like, I guess I can live with this. Mm-hmm. Like, and I, I'm, okay, I want to make clear, yeah. I don't. You're right. I think this is a life or death situation necessarily. I'm not. I'm not trying to give this. Yeah. I don't know. But no, you're right. It doesn't need to be qualified. I, I think both points are are good, Ben. Because I'm on. I'm kind of on the other end. Where like, right. Again, if it's cosmetic, whatever. Do what you want to do. I don't give a rat's ass. Right. Go for it. And this is this is Look honestly you want. a conversation, Hubert, where I feel yeah. like I'm teetering all the time. I'm yeah. Like, ah, oh, it's not so bad. Or it's really bad. Oh, it's yeah. not so bad. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. part of that is. I'm kind of exhausted. It is exhausting. It's exhausting. Where it's like, like, like I don't. You just get to a point where you're just like, man, I just really like video games and want to play them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and yeah. it's like, I guess, like, whatever, fine, okay, I can, I can get the starter bundle. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just like you just, you just feel a little beaten down. Starter <laughs> bundle, like, oh, dude. It's fine, whatever. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't like them like hiding stuff, information. Yes. Yeah, that's yeah. what like really annoys Honestly, me. Honestly, it's yes. unacceptable. Like, dude, when the Call of Duty event or whatever rolls around, like, we want answers. You know, <laughs> stop hiding. Simple question. Simple. No, honestly, yes. dude. I, like. Simple question. It's like, this game's coming out on this date. This You're not delaying it. Yeah. Tell it, me. You know what's exactly in this game. Tell me. When do the microtransactions drop? Oh, we're not going to talk about that. Right. No. Well, Wait, no. It's, it's all, it's all, it. It's all so calculated, right? It's so, it's and, manipulative. It's right. It's sketchy. And then, 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 like, you get, you get developers out there that are like, hey, guys, like, we really do love this game. We're trying. And it's like, yeah. okay, yes, but you're also not, like... Being upfront about this stuff, or why is all this stuff happening? Like it, it really does feel like higher pay grades are just making everything feel hollow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not Hollow Knight. No, Hollow Knight you can get for fifteen dollars and be like, "Wow, that uh, was a great decision." Yeah, <laughs> man. Like, as part of like his question of saying it, like if he should support it or not. Like that's gonna have to be a decision you come up with on your own, right? Yeah. How much to think do about you... this? Like, yeah, do you really want to support the devs? Like, you can buy the game and play it and have a good time, yeah. But they'll know if you bought things or not, and they they have da- they have data to see how many people have bought, bought and stuff. And until mm-hmm. people stop buying stuff and they're not mo- making money, they yep. won't stop. Yep. 
But it's like my dad says about uh, Dodger Stadium: just keep raising the price, raising the price, raising the price. People will keep. He's paying. like, because people keep going. Right. They keep selling out games. They're not just going to stop. But I, but I do think, I do think it is an individual decision. Yeah. And what I mean by that is, if if you don't, if you decide to buy whatever game that you have reservations about, you don't need to like. Make a confessional about it. You don't right. need to feel guilt every time that you put no, it up. No, you don't. It's okay. You made a decision to purchase a video game as a decision that you made. Yeah. You know, you don't. You don't need to be crucified over it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, if you don't decide to buy it, yeah, that's fine too. That's a line that you drew for yourself. That was a decision you made. You felt like that was the right decision. Yeah. But that doesn't give you the right to like. And I'm not saying that Seth is doing. It. I'm speaking very generally. I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not trying to call anyone out specifically. That doesn't mean like you need to go out on social media and and like yell at someone, yell at yeah. people, or like harass it's those like, who do decide to buy it. It's like make the decision that's yes. right for you for you and move on. Exactly. Again, completely different things. If it's if it's pay to win. Mm-hmm. Shame on you! I'm not even playing Call of Duty if it's pay to win. Right, Battlefront Two style. And don't get me wrong, you can't vo- you can voice your opinion. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, it's, it's a different thing. But if it's just cosmetics, for me personally, beat them at their own game. There is a zero percent chance I'm spending money. That's not beating them at their own game. On Call of Duty bucks to get some macho skin, mm-hmm. dude. They're like. I feel like I'm beating them at their own game because I'm buying the game and enjoying it on my own terms. I'm I'm going through the campaign. I'm playing multiplayer. Right. They're not getting my microtransaction money, dude. I, They're yeah. not. So I'm not even playing your game, Activision. <laughs> you know, I think you're actually I have saying a different power. thing. And so I made a mistake there. What I was trying to say is, I, I feel like sometimes people think they're beating them at their own game, being yeah. like, "Well, I'll just unlock." everything by spending oh, a lot of time and it's yeah. like well no they, they want you to do that too like yeah. they want you to play the game engagement is very powerful for totally. them totally yeah but like skins dude like sorry i don't want i want my gun to not have a skin i'm Yo, that person i don't want your rainbow i'm sorry yeah i'm sorry i'm sorry like golden green. guns aren't that cool they're no. just not that cool they're not cool at they're all they're not that cool like i just want my gun to be black or silver or brown right. and i'm good yeah, at least for Call of Duty. Yeah. There's other uh, games with awesome cosmetics. Overwatch, for sure. Yes. I fell into the trap. They got me. Dude, like, Fortnite has rad cosmetics, like Batman. Fortnite. Free-to-play John game. Wick. Free-to-play, different, it's but different, still. but I'm saying, like... Yep. And I, I do think that is also a, a bit... I mean, it's an obvious one, but it's a big distinction to make up. My My frustration, I think... Well, I think the general frustration increases when it's like this... This is a, I paid full price for this. Yeah. Or in a lot of instances, I mean, when you buy a game, there's like five different versions. Mm-hmm. Hey, do you want the Mega Deluxe Super Edition? Yeah. Also, would you be willing to spend more money? Yeah. <laughs> That's where it gets weird. Yeah. And like I think of, uh, I think of a recent one, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Yeah. Some controversy there, time savers and whatnot. Yeah. I went through that entire game without spending a cent. And it was 100% fine. I never hit a wall. I was never like, oh my God, I need to spend money. It's just something that exists in the background. Well, it, but that seed of doubt is like annoying enough on its own where it's just like, wait, you just have to like squint and you're like, is this shitty? Mm-hmm. And it's just like, that's, that's not what you want to be thinking about. Yeah. You want to be thinking about like, oh man, what cool things am I going to climb on? I get really mad when 
there's cosmetics, and they're so much better than everything else in the game. Yeah. Like, Assassin's Creed had so many rad armor sets and weapons that they deliberately made the coolest shit. Yeah. And you have to buy it. Yeah. It's just like, dude, that's really frustrating. When well, you that sucks. No, yes. but for me, I'm, for whatever reason, my tastes, I always like the early game stuff. Yeah. So I got like just a classic like Spartan looking thing. Yeah, and want, I was you want so, the Dovahkiin armor. Yeah, I was. <laughs> yeah, that's chill. But like <laughs> the game is like the game's like sixty hours, dude. And like you want to mix it up. Yes, for sure. It's like I don't want to just wear the helmet the whole fucking game. Yeah. And it's like you made all this rad shit, but I gotta like buy it. It's like cool. Like let me get some of that at least, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm with Damn. you, Brad. Dude, Brad, I'm with you. I I'm love you. when you can find. The microtransaction currency within the game. Yeah. So if I'm not spending any money, at least give me the maybe little chance of like finding some of that stuff in the game to then maybe buy the one thing on the shop I want. Well, yeah, I think it's always better if you could like kind of earn it some yeah. way. But it is a shitty thing, Ben. One hundred percent. Like, go away, microtransactions. I believe Hollow Knight is $15. I believe it's $15 and it comes with all of the DLC packaged in. <laughs> I believe it is $15. It's $14.99. Man, that makes me really surprised, like, or not surprised, I guess just mean like relieved that Sekiro didn't have any. Yeah. And that's Activision published. Yeah. It's crazy. I, I wonder, though, if that's, that's I, I mean, like, that, that's I part of the that grand like, scheme. If and hear me the, out. Yeah. Hear me out. Where, like, you play something like Sekiro and you're like, Wow. That didn't feel nasty at all. Yeah. I'm willing to get a little nasty with this one. <laughs> I wonder, like, I wonder, is that uh, is that part of the grand scheme? Where, like, like Activision is thinking, like, all right, we're going to make this, you know, level one nasty. We're going to make this level zero nasty. And then that way, we're going to make this thing level three nasty. And then they're going to be okay with it. Yeah. Ugh. Man, like, Activision is just a whole different beast on that front. Like, them and EA are, like, the king's... Of Kings of nickel and diming. Can you imagine? I, I I don't know how it actually goes, but can you imagine like being a game developer and like sitting down with the suits and being like so excited? You're like, I I can't believe that we did this. Yeah. And then they just sit there and go, "Tell me about the monetization." Yeah. <laughs> like right? that's not even a joke, dude. I yeah. bet that it happens yeah. so much. So, and they're just some like variation a lot of, of these that, developers maybe? are just like so passionate. They just want to make yeah. a great game, and they have to implement this bullshit that they don't want to. Yeah. Ah, I feel so bad for them. That's why, as long as it's cosmetics, just don't do it. Resist. Resist the urge. Fight I mean, back. but sometimes it's not up to you if you're right. someone lower on the totem pole. Like, you do it or you're yeah. gone. Like, if, um, it's totally case to case basis, but like, uh, Project Resistance, the Resident Evil multiplayer game mm -hmm. coming out. Mm -hmm. If Wesker is $9.99, ah. Uh, that ten dollars is already spent. It's already spent, it's, dude. I feel like yeah. there's no one hundred percent, one hundred percent. They have it, right? Yeah, there's no winning, dude. <laughs> Everybody's got a price. Everybody's got a Everybody's price. Got a price. <laughs> Everybody's got a price. Uh, okay, why, we need to end on a high note. That's why things again, dude. Like Sekiro, it's just these. You know, when when things suck, there's also things that don't suck. You yeah. know, you think yeah. of The Witcher three and that whole as much as you get when you buy that game and those yeah. two. Big DLCs, you know, that were reasonably priced. It's like this is this is the good kind of DLC. Mm -hmm. Give me some story expansion, and I'm in. Yeah, give me the old hunters. Mm -hmm. I, I Artorius of the Abyss. I think there, I think there are so many things to rightfully call bullshit on in the gaming industry, and people are doing that, and that's mm -hmm. good. Mm -hmm. But 
Boy, there's a lot of good right now, and I yeah. I don't think he's, so I don't think he, I don't think it's good to get completely yeah. swallowed up. By yeah, it. like like before we end, we got another email. Am, okay, really quickly though, yeah. am I like, is it okay to, to to have my Call of Duty mentality where it's like I'm not going to spend it, so I, I mean, don't give I a shit. I can't. Is tell that you okay? What to think. Is, is that an okay stance though? I, am I, I wrong to? Because it's 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 kind of forgiving it by by cutting it out of my life and not caring about it. It's not like I. It's not like I'm okay with it or ignorant to it. It's just I know I'm not going to engage with it so it doesn't exist in my life. Maybe. Is that, is that okay? I mean, I don't know. You have to make that decision yeah. for yourself. I've played uh, the Call of Duty beta twice, and I think it's really it's fun. It's really fun. I think it's really fun. Yeah. I want to play it. Yeah. I'm going to play it. Yeah. Am I? Do I also have to accept that potentially I'm... Sending the wrong message with my wallet in the most literal sense? Definitely. But you have to make the decision on your own, and you have to be comfortable with it one way or another. Mm -hmm. And, like, yeah. I I want to say, (laughs) I really want to say, if you don't buy it, that doesn't mean things are going to change. Right. But that's a terrible mentality. (laughs) It is. Sometimes vocal... People speaking up can have an impact, man. It, it has had an impact. It has yeah. a lot. Lately. It has had Battlefront, an dude. Like Shadow War took out all the like microtransactions. And, and I think Huber, that's kind of the mentality that I have. And Brad, I'm really glad you brought that up. Is you have to enjoy the good and call out the bad. And so mm-hmm. it's like, okay, well, let's let's get this and enjoy it and be vocal about the ways it's bad and can be changed. So it's like trying to do both. I don't know how effective that is, mm-hmm. but, like, it can be hard taking a wholesale... Like, if, if Call of Duty is is really, let's just say hypothetically, the best it's been in years, should, shouldn't that also be rewarded? Like, can't can't we try to, like, it's, say yes, this, no, it's that? It's really hard when there's really great parts of right. things combined with really bad exactly. things. Exactly. That is. It's where it gets sticky. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah. It's really easy to say F this or whatever when it's just something, like, lame. Right. And bad. Right. You're like, yeah, blah, blah, blah. but when you got like right. a great, when people, when Call of Duty's like great, and you got these terrible things tied to it, it's just like, dude, it feels like a catch 22. Yeah. Our last email Hey, allies. One of my most anticipated games is Ghostwire. Oh. I loved Evil Within 1 and 2. That's from Andrew, by the way. Thank you, Andrew. I can't wait to see what they come up with next. One of my favorite parts of the Evil Within 2 is the more open city sections in Union. Ooh, Absolutely yeah. love more sections like that in Ghostwire. Maybe a full open world horror game. What do you want to see? Love and respect. Ghostwire? I want to see it release because I'm yeah. a little concerned yeah. of uh, Akumi Nakamura mm-hmm. leaving. Who knows what's going on now? It was very abrupt. It was very sudden. Yeah, I, I think that... It was very weird. For her to come out at E3 and be the face of the game. Sure. And then all of a sudden depart quickly. Yeah. I, it's just a you really... You don't want to dump your conclusions. Absolutely. I get why that sentiment is brought up, though. Yeah. Yes. So I just want to see... I want to see a new a new take on... on uh, you know, because, again, it's an action game. It's more action horror, they're saying. Mm. So I honestly, like, I can't even imagine... I can't even desire things because I still don't even know what Ghostwire Tokyo is, really. Right. But, you know, classic Shinji Mikami stuff, man. I want to see new Freakos. I want to see 
new interesting mechanics. I want to see a cool survival horror world, you know, because some of those images from the trailer were really cool. The umbrella people looking like Hush out of Buffy and just like weird kabuki ghosts and stuff like that. I love that stuff. So give me more of that. I uh, I think Andrew is really onto something talking about the more open parts of Evil Within 2. And I think to Evil Within 2's credit, something it did really well is it really did open things up but it didn't lose the tension. It yeah. didn't lose the horror. Specific points are open world, and, and it's my favorite balance. I love it. Right. And so I'm wondering, it's like, well, can we can we turn that knob a little bit more, and mm. where does that take us? Yeah. Right? Can we make it even more open? And I know there's a lot of open world fatigue, but I, I really do think Evil Within 2 was going in a really interesting direction. It's like, well, how, how do we go even more? Yeah. Right? And... Yeah, I, I, I think I think specifically to the Evil Within One, what I really like about the Evil Within One is just how varied like you can really split that game up into sections yeah. and they all just aesthetically feel so different from one another. You know, the, mm-hmm. the village feels very different different from the like city, for instance. Like it's almost like it's sh- the, the game shifts and yeah. I love that unexpectedness. Um, and so I think you could do that with a more open world and the themes that it's playing with, where mm-hmm. it's like, oh, here it it feels this way, it's this type of horror, and over here it's a completely different type of horror. I think could be cool. Ben, I love that. Yeah, give me different types of horror. Give right. me parts when maybe you strip me of my powers, right. and it turns into more like well, uh, Evil Within. Do that with like Safe Head and stuff like that, where yeah. you're much more vulnerable. Totally, totally. And I love that stuff. Yeah, I think. Um, Maybe that's how they're thinking. Yeah. And, and and I think what's cool about like the Evil Within 2 specifically is it, it kind of gives us this sort of like, how can we push this forward? Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think it'd be cool to see in God, I love Evil Within 2. I love it. Or I is there, pray we get back to that franchise, man. Is there anything else that you want? From Ghostwire. I love the feeling of vulnerability in their games. Mm-hmm. But I also, like, I don't really like sections too much that or too often where you're, like, hiding from someone, like, Outlast. That's just, like, not my favorite type. It's fine. Got it. Oh, God. I want them to go kind of nuts with this game, like, visually and, like, take... Like, I really liked Evil Within 1 because of all, like, the crazy different places you went to so much. I love Evil Within 2 also, but I love that about 1. Like, yes. it's really crazy place, this really crazy place, this really crazy place. Yes. And I want them to do that just in a different setting. Like, because Evil Within had a very, like, Western setting, I would say. But this game, in Tokyo, I would like to see them have an Eastern approach to it. Yeah. um, I don't think I would want... Like, maybe for a section it would be okay, but I don't think I would want to be, like, completely harmless. Because I I feel Mm -hmm. like enough games are kind of doing... Yes. Like... Yeah. You can't fight back. Like, I like having me able to put up a fight. But there's some... I think it could be valuable at some points where you're much more vulnerable. Because, yeah, I'm, uh, I think you're going to be kind of uh, really capable in this game. Like yeah. Action hero. Yeah, it could be okay. cool. That's okay. I mean, I feel like in some sense you're pretty capable in the Evil Within, mm-hmm. yeah, especially like, as your arsenal you know, I upgrades. think, yeah, it could be done well. Like, in RE4, you're much more capable than you are in, like, yeah. any other Resident Evil game at the time. Yeah. yeah. But it still kept that tension. Oh, it's... Mm. They just, like, brought the tension mm. in a different way. How can someone consider Resident Evil 4 a bad game? How can it be done? I don't know. I don't want to know. <laughs> I don't want to know. <laughs> All right. 
that's going to do it for Frame Trap. Uh, this was a little longer, I feel like, than the last couple. Thank you so much to Bradley Ellis and Michael Huber. Always such great guests. Uh, if you want to send in an email to Frametrap to have us mull over it, email askeasyallies at gmail.com. One more time, that is askeasyallies at gmail.com. Until next time.